Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I'm excited to be here tonight. It's going to be an amazing evening, our first show in the month of April in... Was it, is it April? Is it, no, March is in like a lion out like a lamb, April. I forgot what April, April showers bring me flowers, that's what it is. Okay, anyway, so that just totally doesn't mean anything at all. Forget I even said that. So, yeah, welcome to the first show of April. Real excited to have some of the things coming up that we have coming up tonight. I want to kind of just go over some things before we get started. You know what, before I even do anything, I, I have to share this news with you guys because I'm so excited, seriously, I can't even tell you. I applied for a writing residency program, and if you don't know what those are, they're places that will let you go stay there and write, and they put you up, and you've got, you know, it's like, you know, I'm really proud of mine, but think about Carlos, man, he uh, written in pain. He applied for one and was accepted to have time alone to do nothing but write, all expenses paid, in the house, in Edgar Allan Poe's house. I mean, can you imagine how cool that would be, sleeping in his bed? It would be so creepy awesome. So, yeah, he he applied for that, and they accepted him, and he got to go. So, anyway, uh, Oregon State does a residency program here every year in Oregon uh, where you get to go up and stay on the coastal mountain range out in the middle of nowhere in this cabin and, and just write and have fun. And so... I'm just I'm really excited. I just got the email today that I got accepted for that and um just real real excited about. I'm working on a we're going to probably be working a lot on uh, my book that I'm working on Devouring Stars. And uh so yeah. Run around the woods. It's really funny. I put on my Facebook page. I asked, you know, what what color what or what color gown does one wear when running around the forest? And they've been having a blast with that. I always tease everyone, tell them, you know, if you want to do something, do it in life. You know, don't worry about what other people are going to think or do. I have had so much more fun doing things in my life that I was inappropriately dressed for than I did if I said, oh, well, I better go home and put jeans on for that. That is why there are so many freaking pictures of me climbing trees and dresses. (laughs) So real excited about being accepted to that, real excited to be able to go out there again and stay and and uh, just do some writing. So I really I highly suggest that you know in your area get on Google and uh, Google Writers Residency Programs or Poet and Resident Programs and look what your state has to offer. You know this one is through Oregon State University and is this big chunk of land that the man who owned Wonder Bread donated to the university and this so this is what they do with it as part of their educational nature and uh, all of that. Um, so, but there's things like that all over the country. You would be amazed, you know, at the things that are available to you if you just look out, re- you know, reach out and look, yeah, and and believe in yourself that you can do these things. I it took me the longest time 
and it took someone that I care about very much to teach me this, but to be able to say out loud, I am a writer. When someone asks me, oh, what do you do? I'm a writer. That was a really hard for th- me, thing for me to say out loud because I thought it in my head, but I didn't think anyone else would believe it of me. Okay? I want you to work on that. I want you to work on that. Someone asks you what you do. You don't tell them I'm the president or I, you know, um, own a purple turkey farm, you know, and all this stuff. No, I'm a writer. Okay? These programs that are out there are designed for you to be able to unplug, get away, go do something out of the ordinary. Um, then they don't cost anything. You know, you just you fill out an application, you give them some of your writing, they look it over and they say, yes, please come stay here. And it's awesome, so check those out. There's one that's actually a train. Amtrak does one, you guys, where you can get, you go coast to coast and back, two-way. You go there and you go back. And you stay on your in your own little car on a train. Okay? That's actually a th- something you can apply for and go do, and they pay you to do it. And you just write. You just write, write, write. I always said that riding a train is like looking at small town America with her skirt up, you know, with her with her little ruffly bloomers showing in the back. You know, it's, it's seeing the backside of towns is really a cool thing about taking long-distance train trips and, you know, seeing this stuff. Everybody has a pretty facade, but when you're behind it, behind the houses, behind the buildings, you know, it, it's it's like catching it with a pant, her dress up. And uh, it's really inspiring. I, You guys should all do that. Anyway, okay, so that's enough on that. Check out your writing residence programs in your area. So I wanted to uh, say hello to my beautiful niece, Jocelyn. And she was talking to me about uh, having to possibly go to Cottage Grove this week. And it's like, well, that's where Opal Whiteley's from. And I asked her if she knew who it was. And so I was telling her about Opal Whiteley. And so that's the book, long story, reason I got there, that's the book that I'm reading again this week. I'm re- so I always want to talk about what book, because if you're not reading more than you're writing, you're doing it backwards. You have to have input in order to have output. So I'm reading uh, a book about Opal Whiteley, who was a poet, writer, little girl, amazing freaking story, um, back at the turn of the century in a lumber camp out here in Oregon. And uh, so Cottage Grove is where she was from. The book that I'm reading and that I suggested to Rosalind to read and she's reading is called, oh, it's right here. It's called The Singing Creek Where the Willows Grow. The Singing Creek Where the Willows Grow. Okay. And it's uh, put out by Whiteley and Hoff. So the if you get this book and read it, and if you're going to read any book on her at all, this is the one you have to start with. Other ones have her journal in it, but they rewrite it so it makes sense. And, you, you know, you don't, you don't mess with someone's journal. Shame on you people who do that. Um, so the book's The Singing Creek Where the Willows Grow. All right. When you get the book, I think it's fair to Opal. The first half of the book is the story of Opal. The second half of the book is her actual journal. So... I suggest you get to know Opal first. Start reading in the middle of the book. Start reading her journal first. Okay? Learn to look at the world, the magic of looking. Don't don't dissect a rainbow. Okay? Just look through it. Look at the colors. Look at the prisms. Look at the world through her eyes and the way that she writes and the magic she brings and the 
you know, read, get to know Opal for Opal. And then go back and read the first half of the book that tells about her story and how they dissected the rainbow. Okay, and I think that you'll look at it really different, but it's uh, differently. It's an amazing, amazing story, you guys. Um, just very inspirational and magical way of uh, getting some musings going on. So, the Singing Creek where the willows grow by Whiteley and Hoff. Okay, so check that out. Uh, Rosalind picked hers up on a Libris for this. Normally. Um, Oh, no, that's not. That's a different book. The other book, the other book I was telling her to read, Humming the Blues, she was looking for that on a Libris, which I always tell you guys about. If you're going to buy books, go to alibris.com. No, they're not a sponsor of the show. I don't have to say that. They did sponsor it for a while, but then I dropped. I didn't want sponsors anymore. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it, it's a, an amazing network of bookstores. You can buy the book that she got was a dollar forty nine fifty nine something like that, and it's normally 15 you know, so just a great place to pick up books. But hers was Humming the Blues that she picked up. That's another book I suggest to you guys to read. Okay. And I want to – I have to take a minute, you guys. Um, I want to say hello to – because I was talking about um, Rosalind, who is my niece. And it's, it's kind of a neat story. You hear – I've been seeing a lot of these in the news. But um, I was given the – 23andMe DNA test to find out my ancestral roots and, you know, all the different nationalities I am and my ancestry, tracing it back and all that good stuff, right? And so I I get this message, and long story short, find out because of taking that DNA test that I had, that my father was a tomcat and, um, you know, just ladies' man, <laughs> you know, the part of me that's an adult looking at him now can really appreciate his swagger, you know, if if I separate the fact that I'm looking at him as a human being and not just my father or not his daughter, okay? My dad was a pretty cool cat. Anyway, and he would have told you so. <laughs> but it just, it's fi- I find out that I have a brother that I did not know that I had. And it's just absolutely crazy insane. And and I, my niece and I started trying to put the pieces together, and it uh, led me to David, uh, my brother. And it just it's an amazing story. It's, it's so cool. But I want to because I was talking about Rosa, I want to say hi to, hello to my big brother. Okay, hi Dave. All right, all right. I'm done, you guys. I know I yammer. I can't help it. All right. So what I want to do is every every week I give you a writing exercise okay a writing exercise is different than a prompt an exercise is meant to be like when you go out and you're sweating and you're running and you got your baggies on and you're pumping irons and you're grunting and just you know a total mess that's what an exercise does so the exercises that i give you are meant to push you out of your comfort zones write about something you normally wouldn't write about you know do something that's going to hone your craft not necessarily produce a great piece of writing Okay, so the writing exercise I want to give you this week, and I said the month of April we're going to work on, we're going to get away from poetry, and I know that we're all poets and stuff, but we're not just poets. We can do anything we want. So for the month of April, I want you to stop looking at poems so much, and as you're writing exercise, we're going to be writing short stories or prose. You know, if you if, if stories and poems had a baby, it would be prose. Um but we're going to concentrate more on 
on story writing, prose writing, than producing an actual poem. Okay? And the reason I want to do this is because when you go back to use the things that you learn through these short story writing uh, prompts and exercises, it's really going to impact how you, when you're trying to think of how to describe a uh, the you'll be able to pull on these skills here in order to come up with some surprising or unique imagery um, that we're all so fond of. Okay, so I'm going to give you two of them. I'm going to try to get through these really quickly. Uh, the first one, and, and work, work this week we're working on crafted, crafting a vivid setting. Okay, how to how do you create your surroundings? You know, the frame of your story. So, crafting a vivid setting. So the exercise one is, and if you don't, uh, you know, if you don't get these written down, you can come back and listen to this in the archives and pause and forward. Uh, as you're writing it down, so you can get the whole thing written down. Um, it'll be available in the archives on the show. Um, but so we're going to be doing crafting a vivid setting. So the exercise is: is I want you to imagine your character has gone. No, you'll want, you'll know where I got this prompt from or this example from. So imagine your character uh, has gone hiking in a forest on a mountainside, and there's nobody around. I want you to describe what they hear as they pass through different parts. So think about the feet moving forward and you're moving through this forest and how everything changes with each step. What are you passing now? What are you doing now? What comes up next? How does that change everything? Okay, so describe describe what you hear as you pass through the different parts of it. Okay, um, the densely wooded area, a stream area, a high ravine, um, you know, a moss-covered goalie, whatever. Um, describe how it. Describe what you hear. All right. Then I want you to describe how the air tastes. Uh, what is surrounding you that's caused this? Um, is there, you know, like, um, I don't know, a plum tree or an apple tree with those blooms that smell sweet, it makes the air taste like apples, whatever. You know what I mean? Okay. Next, I want you to write about how, describe how, as you're telling your story, describe how the air feels on your skin, you know, this, on, on your face, through your clothing. How does the air feel? You know, is it humid and thick, or is it, you know, chilly and whatever, tingly, I don't know. Um, then describe how the, okay, so, yeah, how the air feels. Then I want you to describe the smells. Yeah, first you do how the air feels on your skin through your face closing. I wrote down notes. I'm trying to follow my handwriting, guys. Hang with me. Um, then I want you to describe the smells. Paint an image um, that of what is causing the smell. Uh, how do the different smells interact with each other? Does, uh, does their physical relationship, the vicinity of each other, affect this? Is it a harmonious combination, a combating uh, are they combating for attention? Are the the smells opposite but complementing of each other? You know, think about the smells as you pass, as you're walking forward, continue like a slideshow, and you keep describing how the frames change. Okay, and how does being there make you feel? And how do all of these things orchestrate that feeling that you're feeling? All right. 
So the reason that you do this exercise is when we write settings, we rely on visual descriptions almost exclusively. You know, when we're because when we're writing, we close our eyes. We're picturing what we're trying to write, so we're relying only on our sight. We aren't actually putting ourselves in that room to smell the heat of the fire, the breeze through the window. Okay, so by doing this exercise, the next time you sit down and you try to write, okay, when you try to write that location, you're going to be able to look at all these different things and utilize those and and write something in a way that's new and surprising. You know, they say there's nothing there's nothing that has not been plagiarized. You know, everything's already been written just we're now we're just figuring out ways to re-say it, you know. So whatever it is, re-say it in a way that surprises. I think that's a huge goal as writers. All right. Then the next thing, that I'm going to go through this one really quickly. The next one is the same thing. It helps you create a vivid setting. I want you to describe the general going-ons in a place over the past 100 years. In the course of your description, I want you to describe things, uh, how things that have changed, how they've um, how they came to be, why, what caused a change, like um, a mining town that ran out of silver, a small town that got a railroad station, Chicago during the Edwardian Industrial Revolution, okay, whatever you would like. I want you to describe at least one of the major landmarks that has changed, as well as one that, has seemed, that time has seemed to forgot, and how has people's relationships to these landmarks changed. Uh, describe a memorable event that the residents won't soon forget, Right, anything you feel that is relevant to how time, natural phenomenon, human involvement, uh, cause and effect, chain of events, all the chaos makes perfect sense, <laughs> has left its mark on the whole place as as a whole, the the physical makeup of the the physical makeup of the place and the relationship people have with it. So, you know, just do the same thing like you were doing with the forest, but walk through time in the same small town or whatever location you choose. And you know, writing a setting well is important, especially if you're writing anything uh, in historical fiction. Um, it requires us to show a place as, uh, as it shows us as a demi- dynamic thing instead of something static, something in motion, moving, exploding, rather than something that's flat on the paper. And it, it, the, using the process of time, how things have changed through time, um, writing the locations that feel real, it gives them more depth, interest, uh, interest drama. Uh, makes the whole thing more tangible and have a more emotionally impactful draw, uh, causing the the reader to bond with your words because uh, it gets that, that emotional reaction to them. Okay, so yeah, those are the exercises. Think about those. Have fun with those. The next thing we're going to do is I want to give you your writing prompt. Now, this is a prompt. It can be used as your poem title. It can be used as generally translated the subject of your piece or it can be used as a line whatever it's just planting a seed and if it grows awesome if it doesn't that's okay too Um, but the prompt for this week is the line between blank and blank and you can fill in those two blanks so the line between blank and blank and the reason I picked that one as an as an example um, in my application to the writer's residency thing uh, I was talking about the line between the green and the gray that place where the pavement ends. You know, what happens to you when you step off the pavement and your foot steps onto the green, that that line between the green and the gray. 
And so I want you to use that concept for your prompt, the line between blank and blank, and you fill in the blanks, okay? So that's your prompt. All right, guys, if you're going to be calling in tonight, I want to give you the phone number real quick. It's 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. All righty. Before we get started, I want to... um, I'll do the other announcements later because I did. I took a lot of time today. We're not going to do those. I'll do them at the end of the show or if, if we end up having if, uh, problems with the lines. So um, I'm going to go ahead and play a track. We always start and end each episode with an audio track. So if you're a recording artist, you can send those to me at the the word the is in here, guys. The Speakeasy Cafe at gmail.com. The Speakeasy Cafe at gmail.com. Uh, if you would for me, please put MP3 audio track recorded poem, something like that, in the subject line, and we can get that uploaded to the show's library and be able to play those for the world. Isn't that exciting? Yay! <laughs> All right. So I was talking with a very dear friend of mine um, for a long time who also does a radio show, and he said that. I need to stop being so silly about doing my work on the air and, and playing my work on the air, that it, you know, was an important thing. And, you know, seriously long heart-to-heart, and I don't like doing it because it takes up. I could be playing someone else's track and promoting them. So we came to this compromise. The first show of every month, I will play one of my pieces for you, okay? And that's that's the, the compromise in my favor <laughs> that we we came up with. All right, so I am going to play one of my tracks for you tonight, and um, it's a it's a fun one. Uh, I had a lot of fun producing this one, and um, it's real easy if you haven't recorded before and you want to email me, and I'll give tell you the program and stuff and how to do that. You guys will have a lot of fun with it, and you can do silly stuff like this. But this is a um, a piece about someone who's all talk and no action and being called on it, okay? And it's called When Dreams Come Knocking. Here you go. Dreams Come Knocking. Thoughts like slivers come delivered through the keyhole of a door so long closed. Cloistered in repose, I drink ink like bourbon. The locks, drawn in crayon, rattle on the walls as I wander the halls, picking paper wallflowers to wear in my hair. I know you're there. Words buzz around me like insects pecking at my dark glasses. After a while, they fall. And then, there is no noise at all. Round. Tap, tap, tap. They just 
Again, if you'd like to have your recording played on the air, you can email us to me at the the speakeasy cafe, the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com. Alrighty? And we can get those uploaded to the show's library. So, what comes next? Once again, the number to call in tonight is 646 595 3965. You are listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. If you are calling in tonight, this is what you can expect. We do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 863 is our first caller tonight. All right. Um, And then uh, 863, I'm going to give the first three just so you kind of know the lineup. 863-989 and 540. You guys will be our first callers, by the way. So anyway, first caller comes from 863. After I bring you onto the air, please make sure that you introduce yourself to everybody. This is very important, all right? And uh, you want people to know who's reading as well as having your name attached to your work. That's probably even more important because 100 years from now, you know, somebody on Jupiter finds this. You're going to want to know. They're going to want to know who, you know, just read that awesome ass-kicking piece. Okay, so, yeah. Make sure, you, make sure you tell them where you are. You can do one to two poems. Let me kind of look at this, the lines here real quick, see where we're sitting. Um, you can do two poems if they are just like short, medium poems. Okay, no, don't do two epics, all right, because we're kind of full on the phone lines. Um, but I think we'll be okay. If you do just like two medium poems, you'll be fine. We'll be good. All right, 
So you can read two poems. If the lines get too busy in a bit, I will have to uh, switch that back to reading just one. And then if that happens, you can you know read one, hang up, call right back in, and get right back in the lineup to read your second one if you'd like. All right. Uh, so if that happens, if the lines get too busy, we may have to switch resort to that system. When you are done reading, please make sure to remember to give your URL. You want people to be able to get to know you and your work and what you're working on better. Uh, before you come back here and they get to hear you read again next week. Hint, hint, hint. Then last but not least, please remember that this is a mature-rated show. So you guys are bound to hear just about anything, with the exception of hardcore pornica. Okay? No bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. You know, we don't need the, uh, you know, think touch on skin, not X-ray to bones. Okay? And... uh yeah, we'll be good to go. So no no hardcore erotica poems, but, you know, love poems, sweet poems, those are fine. Anyway, I'm I'm just kind of like backing myself in a corner now. I'm, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. <laughs> All right. It is time to get to the callers, you guys. Uh, once again, the first three callers tonight are going to be 863-989-540. Once again, the number to call in is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. All righty. So let's go ahead and bring on area code 863. 863, are you with us? Um, hello, Nyla. This is Noreen. Hi, Noreen. How are you doing, sweetheart? Yes, we're doing good. That is awesome. It's really good to hear yes. from you. Is Gary with us? Uh, yes, he sure is. Here, can you say something? Hi, Gary. How are you doing, love? Good. It's so good to hear from you. So are you guys going to read for us tonight, Gary? Yeah. What would you like to read? Do you want to help him find one, Noreen? Yes. Okay. Yes. You want to read that one again? You want to read? That's one. Uh oh. Okay. That's when you said you want to read, right? Okay. Okay, so what, what's the title? Okay. Okay, you ready? Okay. What was the first line? Okay. I'll hold it for you while you read it. Okay. Okay. What's the title again? Okay. And the next line? Gary, are you going to read for us? Are you going to read the poem? Okay, Okay, can you you tell me the name again? Okay, now go ahead and read for me if you will, baby. Can I read the first one? 
Okay. What is the first line? Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where's the first line? Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where is the first line? Gary, do you want do you want Noreen to read it for you tonight, Gary? Okay, did you want to read it? You don't. Okay, you want me to read it? Okay, he told me to read it. Okay. 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 You sure you don't want to read it? You sure? Okay. You read next time? Okay. Um, this is the one he want to read is Navy Baby. You do okay. not have the... Okay. Navy Baby. You do not have the right to condemn this life. This soul is mine. The blood is yours. The heart and the lungs shall pump power to my brain. I am now a homo sapiens with a thinking mind. My decision is to live with you. I am attached to you. I'm a part of you, and I will always love you. The end. That was beautiful. Gary, I love your poem. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Your words are just so beautiful, and I love you so much. I want you to know that, okay? I'm really glad you're doing better, honey. Okay, Noreen, were you going to read for us tonight, love? Um, yes. Um, I got one called Stroke is an Intruder. Stro- okay, Stroke, you are an intruder. You invaded our marriage, took away my man. I hurt, I cry. I just want my spouse back like he was, but deep down... I know he might not be the same. I hurt more. I cry more. I feel more all alone. No one seems to care to understand. You don't know him. He didn't deserve this cold, cold treatment. So why? Why, my man? Just bring him back to me like he was before you came into our lives. Stroke, do you think you have his beat? No. For we will rise. We'll rise above you ever, like, bigger than you can ever imagine. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I absolutely love that. You know, they say that, you know, the way to, the way to, you know, realize something's not as big of a monster as you may think it is, is to stand up to it and to yell back, you know, and you realize how very little power something has over your life. You know, and mm-hmm. it's just as easy to believe good. And, um, you know, I know it's been no easy ride for you since um, Gary had his stroke. And I know it's not been fun for Gary having to be away from home and everything and no. be in rehab like he is now. But I'm really glad mm-hmm. that he's doing well. I'm really glad that you guys are still yeah. here with us. You've been calling in for a million years, and you're such a big part of the family. And just the fact that you, you know, will jump on that bus and, and go all the way down there and, uh, you know, on Thursday night so you guys can be here with us really means a lot to me, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just just mm-hmm. appreciate you guys. 
Thank you. Thank you. It's well You're worth very it. Very welcome. <laughs> okay. <so. laughs> All right. Tell us how to find you guys, baby girl. Oh, okay. You can find our books, Two Hearts in One, and The Aura of Truth. You can find it on um, um, Amazon.com, and you can find both of us on GaryAndNoreenSnyder.Wix.com front slash poetry, and you can find Gary on ReverbNation.com. You can find him on um, on PoetryPoem.com, WikiNut.com, and then you can find um, me on Facebook.com, ReverbNation.com, PoetryPoem.com, and WikiNut.com. And Gary and I are both Googleable and Googleable. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am, you are. All right, Noreen, thank you so much, sweetheart. Love okay, you. You're welcome. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, and we love you all too. And I want to thank um one sapien and um oh um oh who's Roy um oh oh was it Roy <laughs> Murdoch. Roy Murdoch and um and Star Severon? Yes. And Star Severon for um um hosting I mean for um sponsoring the show so we poets have a venue to read our poetry and we wanna thank you, Nyla and Michael Quigg and um uh oh no. Uh, Christopher Ryan for um hosting the show. <laughs> So, so we have, so we have, uh, poets have a venue to read our poetry. Thank you very much, and thank you for letting us be part of the family and be on here. Thank you. You know, Noreen, it's an I honor. cannot. I have to tell you that you are probably one of the most amazing people. You and Gary both, just the most amazing people well, I have ever had the the pleasure of knowing. You know, you're given gifts in life. You know, people people are like gifts, you know, and, and sometimes you're given someone very, very special. And I got to someone very, very special than you guys. You know, everything wow. that you guys have been going through with the stroke, with, you know, all of this, you know, and still you never once have forgotten to say thank you to the sponsors, the people who help keep this show on the air with us. You know, you... You know, with everything going on, you are still grateful and, and remember other people and are just such a giving heart. I just, I love you. Gary, you have a beautiful bride. <laughs> You're welcome. I love you, Gary. Thank you for having Noreen read that for us tonight. Okay. All right. Thank you, Noreen. Thank you for being okay, here. You're welcome. Okay. You're very welcome. Okay. Thank you. Okay. All right, honey. We'll talk to you next week. Yes. Okay. We'll be here. Okay. All right, honey. Bye bye. Okay. okay. You have a good night. You okay. too. All oh, right. Happy- Our next call. Oh, wait, wait. What? What, Noreen? Oh, happy poetry month. I love you. Oh, <laughs> I don't want Happy to forget poetry to you too. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right, hon. Bye. Okay. 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 All right. Our next caller comes from area code nine eight nine nine eight nine. You're on the air. 
Good evening, Nyla. This is George Wiley. Hey, George. How are you, sweetheart? Well, fine. I, uh, I'm glad that using the chat room, you assisted me uh, in understanding, you know, a little bit about Noreen and Gary because I was uh, not 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 aware of it, and now the whole story comes together so nicely, and uh, mm-hmm. I can see her, the courage and the strength, and you know that that's just a great story. So anyway, it is, and you know I agree with you 100%. It is really hard, and you know I've asked her, you know, is there a way they can put you in a, a different room uh, while you guys do this, or but I, I guess it's kind of like a, a public area where they're on the phones. And so, yeah, it's, there's times I really have to strain to hear Gary, and it just makes me want to go, you know, yeah. take all those other patients' well, TV away from because they don't need it. We need Gary, right? Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's one of the <laughs> I would uh, do it, too. That's <laughs> yeah, that's one of the nice things about the chat room because I was able to fill up, you know, fill in the, the gaps for me anyway. So, Okay, um, I'm going to read a poem that I may have read before, but if, it was, if I did, it was some time ago. It's called uh, The Family Bungalow. Okay. The storm windows needed to be hung each fall, the screens exiled to the cellar. It was not an abundant bungalow, but an able abode, the, lot, the lives of five children etched inside. Clapboard siding that deserved regular paint yet was rewarded but a few times. A too small kitchen that emitted enough sustenance for seven and always smelled right. One bathroom for seven, the tyrant of all the rooms. It dictated its own order and respect. Processing its clients quick enough school day for our hygiene and privacy. A small water heater saying, which rationed our baths and our timekeeper mother to guide it. Handmade area rugs dappled the warm creaking floors, protecting its busy intersections. A house that rose early and darkened late, it mapped our growth and nursed us on. Just enough garden for roses and some carrots and a big dependable rhubarb mound. A box elder we often fell from, but provided summer shade. A small garage where our heads hit hanging ladders, bikes, and cobwebs. A yard that fenced in Tony the bouncing dog, who once ate the neighbor's pet red-tailed hawk. Where Dad poked at dandelions with a hand weeder and hinted at getting our help. Where robins were so used to children, they hopped about us like traffic cops. Where an overly dramatic persecuted child could flop onto the grass in life-sending agony. She was a somewhat demure mother, but could make appropriate declarations when needed. Her motherly acts were present, but, but only when summoned. She was the hesitant matron, who knew we knew where she put the cookies. Her parenting was benign but lasting. She never loved that house nor bragged about it, but it did both but did both things about her children. She died peacefully in that house almost 40 years ago. Her progeny are now spread across the world, but I've driven by the house a few times. For me, its presence brings no brass fanfare, but rather a distant 
call of Ojani Boy or Caps. There are family marks hidden about the place, we, and only we kids know where they are. I don't have the nerve to ask in, and they wouldn't know me, but the house just might end up on. You know, that piece right there is both of the writing exercises I gave at the beginning of the show. Uh-huh. I I don't know if you were listening to that part, but the first one oh, was. was to describe perfectly a place, you know, in yes. in surprising, using surprising words, surprising examples, and things like that. Um, you know, not you know, how is the air feeling on your skin, as, as opposed to there were green curtains. You know, looking at something, writing about something in 3D, where normally we only write through sight. Okay. Right. And so the, that did that. And then the entire thing was going through a walk, you know, and describing how things changed and how, you know, some stayed the same and, and what the differences were. I mean, that was an, a perfect example of that. And it was a flipping amazing poem. That's probably one of my oh. favorite poems I have ever heard you read because I think it most closely for me describes that same walk for me. I see. Well, I'm glad. And uh, you know, I, I love it that if if, a, if something I write can 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 hit a chord of someone else's life, do have a shared society, so it should once in a while. Um, then I'm extremely happy. Well, you did you did that and more. Just absolutely great job. Were you going to read two pieces tonight, love? Yeah, I can do it. I can do one more. Again, this one I may have read here. I I'm not keeping track well enough of just exactly where I read poems or um and so um I I don't want to be redundant. This one's this one is called Just Another Sunset. Hand painted clouds draw down the day and beckon the ducks to shore as the horizon straightens to a gilded edge. The water's front line of foam and sand is, is diminished to smallness as the light retreats and the bravado of the day's water becomes the sunset's flush. The blue, then pearled, then purple clouds begin to wisp of somber departure. The orange sun pulls them down with the nightshade. A tiny pajama child taps my shoulder, complaining he can't yet sleep. I draw him under my warm wool jacket. We hush and we watch. The small waves pull up their sheets over the chin of the beach and await the darkness. To abandon the sunset just as it sets is a mistake in love and judgment, for the glory after the red orb leaves is fully half the show. An old cork bobber turns up on the shore as the languid scent of drying sand activates my childhood memories. The beached grains of sand retired from their moving duty, now drive themselves into the small footprints of shorebirds. Their indentations now stay intact, unwashed. The overhanging oak leaves are darkened and silhouetted as the background of sky turns its power over to the stars, and a heron stops in with a leg up on his shallow prey. The quietude, the flatness of it all, as the waxing moon greets the oncoming Venus, while a loon announces its pure magic with a tremolo. Now full nightness has enveloped the shore, 
The line between water and sky is gone. My nature lesson between man and boy is now complete, and the child is full asleep. End of poem. Absolutely. The same thing in that one. Absolutely incredible imagery. Now, you have a very unique perspective um, on the world, and it really shows in the way that you write, the way that you weave your words together, the stories that you tell, you know, the way you make them tangible, you know, like right there on the tip of the tongue of the listener. Phenomenal. Well, well, that's a deep compliment, and thank you very much. You're very welcome, sweetheart. Very, very welcome. Now, do me a favor and tell everyone how they can come show you some love. Okay, the only um, site I have is a new one. It's a, it's a Facebook page called George Wiley Writes. And um, um, it's, you know, it only has 20 members so far, but anybody that wants to join it and add poetry in. Uh, I'm also on a couple of other poetry sites. But they're not mine. I just remember of uh, poetry lovers and such. But uh, that's it, and uh, I just enjoy enjoy being here. And what a perfect Thursday to uh, to to uh, start the weekend with. So thank you. <laughs> Absolutely, our pleasure, honey. And it's really glad you're here with us. And um, well, we'll talk to you next week. Huh, pardon me. Oh, that's fine. And I'll, I'll be here. <laughs> All right, baby. If you think of something you want to read later, you're welcome to call back in. Okay. Okay, thank you. All right, baby, bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 540. 540, you're on the air. Church down here in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing, sweetheart? Oh, doing pretty good. Uh, Just come in from a, a, a nice session of chasing wood boogers. (laughs) Oh, you know, it just makes such a delightful image Yeah (laughs) Well, we did a little snipe hunting And then we we took out after some wood boogers And (laughs) 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 Now now we know why Bigfoot's so embarrassed to have its picture taken, right? Wood boogers you, You better believe it I figured out the mystery. It's solved. All right, everyone, you can go home now. Nothing to see here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. What'd you bring for us tonight, baby? Let me tell you now. Listening in here tonight, I am so humbled, and and I am so blessed. I mean, you know, it it blows my mind how blessed my life is, the, the, the places that I end up in and the people I end up being around. And to be part of this group with folks like Noreen and Gary and and you all and uh, this this family thing that you all got going on, I, I'm just so humbled by that and, and just so thankful that, uh, I'm I'm able to play a small role in all of that. It just uh, it really really makes makes me makes me feel all nice and warm and <laughs> fuzzy inside. <laughs> See, that's why we call James Fuzzy Hermit in the Woods. 
when he first came here, he was normal, semi-normal hair person, man walking down the road. Now he's fuzzy hermit in the woods. It's, it's wait, wait till you've been listening for a couple of years, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, and, and and it's great that that this is how the show started and all because <clears throat> I was going to go into this big old spiel about you know poetry uh having a utility and and that for me it's didactic that you know poetry should certainly delight but it should also teach it should also help in you know and and I feel a sense of duty that I've been given this gift to write that I should use that gift uh, to edify other people, you know, to build up others. So, um, didactic poetry. So I've got a couple of uh, didactic pieces I'd like to read for you tonight. They're sonnet forms. They're they're not too long. And uh, see what you think of them. And I call them sonnet forms because... They're not like an iambic pentameter, you mm-hmm. know, the, but the rest of it's there. I've got the uh, uh, the uh, the rhyming scheme pretty well done. You know, you got to have the three uh, quatrain stanzas with the ending couplet that, and, and all that sort of stuff. So I call them sonnet It's, it's form, a version so. of the sonnet. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> okay. So what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to read two of them. And the first one is, Get Your Wings. As the mighty oaks from acorns are turned, before taking flight, wings have to be earned. Fate plays for keeps. It can be a rough game. Here's how to win when you can say the same. I am not all which has happened to me. I am precisely what I choose to be. The years have seasoned me as a good wine, and life didn't go as planned, but that's just fine. I won't let fate choose who I am to be. Tis choice, not chance, forming my destiny. And hit with fate's cheap shots, rather than be sunk, I'll get up, dust myself off, and say, you hit like a punk. Yes, I have earned my wings, and here is why. I have failed more times than others dare try. And that's the end of that one. I am so in love with that piece. I cannot even tell you that. I cannot even tell you how much. That was flipping amazing. Seriously. Well, here's the next one. It's titled Axiomata. Actually, the real title is Axiomata Vaiti, but I just keep it Axiomata. And it goes like this. Plan for your future and learn from mistakes, no lessons disavow, for your past life is out of reach. 
focus on the here and now. When finding your journey is bereft of harbors, safe and warm, properly choose to weigh your anchor at any port in a storm. Should your heart's hopeful destinations fail to be granted, just go ahead, put down roots, and bloom where you are planted. It's okay not having all of the answers. None possesses such purview. The one and only person that's responsible for your happiness is you. Even when from others hate and slanderous derision pours, remember others' opinions of you is not any business of yours. Strive to show kindness to all, for all of us are brothers and sisters, but be especially kind to the unkind. They need it more than others. Pursue love above all else and depend not upon fortune and fame. Remember, though thousands built the pyramids, yet none recall their names. That's the poem. That was amazing. Both of those pieces are amazing. You know, and I really, I understand what you say. You know, you you can hear, you know, when you say that you think that poetry should teach, poetry should, you know, leave fingerprints. Um, you can definitely tell. You know, the the. I mean, both of those should be read to everybody in the world. You know, the lessons in them, the the insight in them. Just incredible. Incredible. I agree. I, I, I think poetry has uh and and I know I'm I'm borrowing a phrase from a a poet uh going back I think into the fifteenth uh, century. I I don't know who, but he said that poetry uh has two utilities of to teach and to delight. And that really stuck with me, that uh, I wanted my poetry to teach or delight or uh, any mixture of those to be delightful in its teaching, so to speak, you know. But that definitely there should <laughs> That's be a, a good way to put there, it. There be a yeah, I, I think poetry, I think that you know, we've been given this gift of writing, and I, I think we have a duty to edify others through that writing, to say those words that could make a difference in other people's lives uh, when such words are not generally heard. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that falls to us to to step up and to to do that. So. And I am just so honored to be a part of this family that I'm a part of with uh, Gary and Noreen and George and you all. I just really, really appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you being here with us, sweetheart, so much. You know that. I mean, you just, just, you know, sit right in with us like peas and carrots. Oh, yeah. And and with boogers. (laughs) Well, you know, my health situation, I'm going to have to 
get on my oxygen tanks and everything, head back to the back. And uh, but I'll listen to the archive show tomorrow, and uh, probably be on again next week. Awesome. We love you, honey. Thank you so much for being here with us. It means so much. Uh, it means a lot to me too, Nyla. All right. So we'll talk to you soon, baby. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye, bye, bye hon. All right. Our next three callers, let me go ahead and give you that lineup. We have area code 734-717 and 419. So 734, you are on the air. Hello, this is Dennis White from Michigan. (laughs) Hey, Mr. Dennis White from Michigan. How are you, sweetheart? I'm wonderful. It's Thursday night, and the Speakeasy Cafe is on the air. (laughs) Well, I am very, very glad you're here. I'm glad to be here, too. It's uh, Thursday is becoming one of my special nights, thanks to you. <laughs> Aww. Yes. Sucks, mister. So sweet. <laughs> no, nah, just stating the facts, that's all. <laughs> that, that was me trying to be a Southern Belle. <laughs> I know, I, and I, I picked up on it. I, I almost swooned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, it's hot in here. <laughs> What'd you bring us tonight, love? All right, I got a couple poems. They aren't too long. Uh, the first poem, the title is The Artist's Children. The artist reads the light as one would read detailed text. Every nuance and subtlety will not escape his eye. The model is but a prop staged as the primary object or as a contrast to the spaces of interest around her. The artist seeks truth revealed by light, a fresh revelation. Aesthetic to the eye while stirring the viewer's imagination. Just as the skilled poet shows by his craft words, not just tells. Likewise, the artist seeks to stimulate the mind and spirit. Careful composition of elements, weighed and balanced, are every bit as important as the hues that flow from the palette. To rush such a process would be tragic, and it is the way of the novice. A master sees his work as his child, one which must grow and mature. The applied pigments mixed with a patient hand and an alert eye are the medium by which the artist adds tonal quality. It sets the mood in the context of the intent of the scene and speaks in an inaudible language that the eyes can perceive. The artist, a prophet and messenger of light, shapes and themes 
often misunderstood and underappreciated, trudges on. For it is his work, his passion, the thing that drives him to live and for his children's sake, he must not abandon his calling. End of poem. You know, that piece of writing hits so strongly on so many points, things that I talk about. Like like when I talk about it's up to us to write our own history because the truth is only told through the common man's tongue. If we leave our history, and that's why it's important to be writers, because if we leave our history up to the writing of those who have something to benefit or profit or gain or hide from it, then it's going to be told in a completely unrealistic perspective. You know, but it's the, yes. the from the diary of the common man, the letters of the common man, you know, the, the, the words that nobody ever expects to be seen that you find the layer of the truth, that he said, she said, and the truth lies in the letters. You know, um, yes. they're written by people who have nothing to gain but the sharing of truth back and forth. And so, you know, it talks about that in there. Um, you know, you're talking about, you know, being an artist and you're doing it for the future generations and, you know, why you're uh, a writer. And it made me think about, you know, if you, if you wrote a, a poem, okay, say you wrote a poem and somebody walked up to you and said, I will give you $5,000 for that poem. Or I will post this poem in this museum over here and I'll I'll let you stand here. And you get to stand there and and watch someone uh, be brought to tears by something you wrote. Which one would you take? You know, the bills say take the money, but which one honestly would you rather have? You know, to be able to stand there and see your work provoke an emotional response out of somebody. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and hence doing that, we have taken a piece of our soul and given it immortality, which I think is so important to us. We have something amazing to say. Don't forget me. Yes. You know? So just a, a fantastic piece. I was just enthralled the entire way through. Well, thank you, thank you. I, I forgot to mention a couple things, though. Uh, congratulations mm-hmm. on being accepted in the residency program. It's a wonderful opportunity, and I know you'll make the most of it. Thank you. I'm really excited. I'm, I'm real excited about it. You, you should be, yes. And uh, uh, another thing, another note is a Libris is a great place to find books, and they often mm-hmm. do have great prices. And I, I just thought I'd comment on that before I read my next poem. <laughs> and what is the Just next book you're going to read? Free. <laughs> you're awesome. I love you. So, uh, my next poem, uh, your introduction in the in this for the program tonight uh, and suggestions brought this poem to mind, and I thought I'd just pull it out and read it tonight. So I won't be able to read it as as something I wrote from your prompt, I'll have to write something new. So uh, the title of this poem is Refuge. While alone in the forest, it is difficult to harbor ill will. 
walking on a moss-carpeted floor. Cool, verdant colors soothed the concerns that once seemed so important. The angst gently slips away, like the babbling brook bubbling over the rocks and obstacles, wearing them smooth and compliant in this realm of peace and serenity. This is a place where pride and greed melt away as an ice cube would on an August afternoon. There's just no place for it here. The lilting song of a songbird thrills the heart and all urgency slips away. The pined scent fills the senses and the gentle breeze whispers in the ear. The forest lulls and rejuvenates the soul of the once weary traveler. And though he may be just passing through, it extends a forever welcome and will wait patiently for his return. End of poem. Absolutely wonderful. And, uh, you know, it's funny, when you were reading that, I love the line, and I don't know the full line, but the the part I remember is, um, all urgency melts away. Yes. And when I heard that line, it made me, it made me understand that when I say that something happens when you step from the gray to the green, when you step yes. beyond where the pavement ends, you understand what I'm saying when I say that. Oh, yes. yes you know, you. and it's <laughs> everybody has something that speaks to them. Everything has something that's connected to them spiritually, you know, whether you consider it spiritually or not. You know, some people get extremely happy in the summer. I get extremely happy in the winter. You know, there's something very, you know, spiritual and erotic and connecting and amazing about the wind for me. You know, being in a windstorm, the the feel of the wind, the sound of it. I mean, to me, that is like toxic and intoxicating. You know, other people, you know, they feel that. They get that, that amazing feeling when they're standing in the hot sun you know, or in a in a downpour of rain. Everybody connects to something. Everyone has that you special know. place that they can explain yeah. to. Yep. You know, so when you were you were explaining that, you know, that provoked that that um just that total unwind. And sense of serenity. Yeah. It that, made me think of a line we all need to find occasionally. We we can't didn't do without it. We need to have that those periods of time in our lives. Mm-hmm. And whether whether it's just escapes in our minds, or if we have a physical escape to a special place, we have to yeah. have those moments of of refreshing, recharging, plugging back in, feeding ourselves, charging ourselves back up. 
you know, there was a there was a line that I wrote uh, in a in a poem a while back where, and I'm, I don't remember the exact line, but the whole the whole uh, concept of it was, you know, explain divorce to a tree. You know, explain <laughs> deadline wow. to the grass. Sit down and try to explain a mortgage to a snail. Holy. You know, oh, wow. those things, and you realize how insignificant all these things that we put so much important on, and importance on, we spend so much of our life chasing, how insignificant it is and how much time is wasted on it. When you stand there in the middle of the forest like that or any place like that and seriously look at the tree and, and try to explain to the tree in a way that it would understand what the... It couldn't, there, it wouldn't even, there, there's nothing about a tree that would fathom the concept. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. You know? There's no language that could convey that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, I, I could tell that you definitely understood that in listening to you read that piece. It was a great piece, honey. Thank you. Well, thank you, and thank you for letting me share it. And uh, I've taken up enough time, so I'm going to step aside and let, let the next reader step up. First, I'll say you can find my work at allpoetry.com. I write under the name of Haiku Less You. And I'm also found on World Poetry Open Mic on Friday nights. Uh, thank you so much for allowing me to be here in this venue. What a what a wonderful show you have, and it, it's, you are appreciated. And I I'm going to step aside and say God bless. <laughs> thank you so much, Dennis, and thank you for the kind words. If you want to um, call back in. Uh, and read another one, or just press one and press one again. If you have no, you decide you do want to read a second one, just jump back in, okay? All right. Thank you, Nyla. You take You're care, welcome, dear. sweetheart. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller, I'm going to go ahead and give the three next callers so you know where you are. We have uh, 717-419 and 832. All right. So 717, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, Nyla. How are you doing? I'm doing absolutely awesome. Who is this? Who do uh, we have this here? Is, uh, this is James Rothline. Oh, James. Hi, from honey. I, you're, didn't, you didn't from sound from like you. That was weird. Well, I'm weird, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how are you doing? What's going on with you, and what would you bring us? Uh, well, I'm doing okay. It's been um, an interesting week at work. You know, it's making the salads. Inside joke with world poetry. Well, I, I, I work at a, wait a minute, making salads, I, really? <laughs> well, um, the company I work for, we make salads and other soups, salads and stuff. We I send it out that. to a retailer. I knew that. Uh, it's so let me ask you this. Plant. I have to ask you this because it's we. You can dispel an urban legend here. Are those are the veg, are vegetables that are packaged and put into the stores like that pre-made? Are those really washed in bleach? Wouldn't know. Wouldn't know. What's, I work in the distribution side of it, so I don't actually uh-huh. work the do the food part uh-huh. of it. They send it through the wall. We stack it and then send it to uh, the packing lines. Okay. Well, that's my mission to find out if that's true. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Okay. Well, it's, um, if I'm able to do two, I do have two. Okay. Uh, 
The first one is titled Libido. I need you. I want you. I love you. Your body is all I seek. I need you. I want you. I love you. Until I meet someone else. Libido is the hallmark of my faithfulness. End of poem. I loved that. I love that. You know, it's almost like a second pulse. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. That was absolutely incredible. You're going to read two, you said, James? Yes. Uh, the other one was uh, from one of your picture props. Uh, Which one? At the point, we are a picture prop from uh, March 28th, The Guy on Fire. In a chair. Oh, yeah. Well, it's untitled. Is I can't think of a, an appropriate title, so maybe you guys could help me out with that. Okay. The fractured wellspring of my soul adds fuel to the fire, threatening to consume my refuge. In a moment of pride, I showed you the door so I could keep the fire at bay on my own. But the smoldering inferno grows, slowly engulfing all I hold dear. And you, whom I sent away, still stand outside my door with words of admonition to let him back in to fight the fire. End of poem. That was phenomenal. See, that's one of the reasons that I absolutely love doing picture prompts. Because for me, it's like taking a dandelion fluff, right, and blowing them out into the world. You don't know where they're going to land, and you don't know where they're going to grow or what they're going to grow into. And then you come and you have this piece that's just incredible, right? And I know that that piece wouldn't have been there if I hadn't taken a moment and and posted that picture. So it's fun seeing what a seed grew into. And that's why I'm always encouraging people to reach out and do things that inspire each other. Drop a, a challenge. You know, say, hey, I saw this picture and thought of you. Write a poem to this. You know, or email somebody or put it on your page. Once a week, put something on your page. Hey, here's a writing prompt this week, you guys. You know, and watch how fun it is to see what grows from those seeds you sow. You know, it's very inspiring and incredible and fun. And that was a fantastic poem. You know, and I'm thinking of the title should be, um, I think the title should be The Seventh Deadly Sin. Okay. Which is which is Pride. Okay. Yeah, and right out of the right out of the gate, you 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 come out and you go after pride. So, if you titled that the seventh deadly sin, which is pride, that would be kind of cool. All right, thank you for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, baby, do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can find you, James. Okay. Well, I can be found on Facebook. Um, I have a regular page, and I also have a a poet page. So it's James. E. Rothline, R-O-E-T-H-L-E-I-N, and that'll have uh, links to uh, my YouTube channel and my SoundCloud channel. I uh, can also now be found on 
allpoetry.com under the same name. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, you did a fantastic job here tonight. Both of those were great reads, and I cannot wait to see what you bring next week. Okay, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome, hon. We'll talk to you then. Okay. All right. Yep. Bye-bye. Fantastic job, James. All right, our next caller comes from area code 419. 419, you're on the air. Hi, Nyla. This is Shelly. Hey, Shelly. How are you doing, sweetie pie? I'm good. How are you tonight? I'm doing absolutely wonderful, <laughs> having a fantastic time. It's been a really fun show. <laughs> yeah, it has been interesting. Um, and that last poem that James read, I kind of thought of inner demons when he went to talking about it and then at the end saying that you're waiting at the door, like it shifted from, <laughs> it could have shifted from the third person to the first person. So yeah, I was thinking so like waiting at demons. the door, you know, waiting yeah. at the door, that could be a great, uh, that could be a, a great title. Demon in the, in my closet could be a great title. Um, See, still outside my door. That's when James said. What was when you said? Like inner demons. Waiting outside it my door. Like, yeah, yeah. Waiting outside the door. In fact, my dogs yeah, are waiting would... outside the door right now. I'm just gonna let them outside real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would that would be a, that would be a great title for it. That would be an awesome title for it too. So it's fun. <laughs> I, I love it when people do that. This doesn't have a title because every, that makes everybody think I'm going to think of the perfect title. I, I really love it when you guys do that. When you you bring a poem that's not titled, right? And then sometimes, sometimes like as a writer, I think of the title first, and then it follows through. Or sometimes I'll write it, and then you know, then you find the title after, like James just did. So I, there's it varies with writing. <laughs> sometimes so tell the title me what, writes what's, itself too. <laughs> exactly. So what's been what's been inspiring you this week? What are you working on? What are you writing? Um, it sucks because I haven't been writing anything for a while, and I've just been under stress, and there's a lot going on on the home front. So I kind of wanted to read something I wrote in the past. Um, I don't know if I read it on your show or not, but tonight. <laughs> and then I did have one for my aunt. If you had time to have me read two, I was going to read one of hers as well. Okay, perfect. <laughs> uh, so in, in the, the, this one that I picked out, it's called J- Just One More Time. And I, like I said, I don't know if I read it on your thing or not, but I was um, at the post office and I had a, like a glimpse of my husband that would have been there. And I did think I maybe read it, but I'm not sure. So I was just going to read it again. So that's the one I picked out for tonight. So he must be on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So um, yesterday I had a glimpse of you. Quick you were there. And just as quick you vanished too. The fleeting inside of you, it felt so good. Just like the old times, the things that you did and the mere predictability of your ways and your antics instilled in my brain. It was as if you were there, really, really were there, my imagination running wild, turning into my own warped reality or what my true envision should be had you not gone away. I saw you there, sitting just as you would be, where you used to be, what would have been right next to me where vividly I am left only to imagine what used to be and still holding on to the love that you have shown me, which now only exists in my dreams, wanting so much to make them my reality. Only this time I was wide awake and you were really there. A widow's heart will always grieve as she continues to look for a reprieve to what lies in abandon in sight, but never out of heart or mind, for it is there where she can close her eyes 
to envision, if only left to imagine you there just one more time. That was absolutely amazing. You know, it it made me think about that part of grieving when you come to own your ghosts. Yeah. You know, when when you realize, okay, this hurts and I've been doing everything, but this hurts us and I think it's always going to hurt like this. So this is where, this is how I'm going to carry it with me forward. And you, you come to that place where you accept that it's as good that as it's gone. ever going to get, but you still have to move forward. Right. You right. Know, and, and knowing and it, that and that's going to be carried with you. It was just strange because, like, like I said, I looked up and it's like, just saw the image of like a head and, it, you know, it was my mind wanting him to so much be there, but then, you know, it's not. And, yeah, it's probably a stage of acceptance, you know. Is what mm-hmm. I'm thinking, <laughs> and I wrote that a, a while back as well. But um, so that's what I had. And then um, do I have time to read one more from my aunt? Yes, of course. Okay. <laughs> um, and remind everybody it. who your aunt is. Okay, my aunt is my very close aunt is my mother's twin sister, and she just passed away on Thanksgiving morning. They found her um this year, or this past Thanksgiving here um. And she's she's my aunt Jean Jean Mansfield is her name, and um, she was a poet by all rights, and she was published. I kind of said the wrong thing last show. She was published in the 1980s in the local newspapers, and she had about maybe 20 poems that were printed in the lo- local newspapers of Random Lake, Wisconsin. So her daughters were able to let me see the clippings and take what I wanted, and then I you know made copies that I of the ones that I wanted, which were all, and I made copies of those clippings and uh, saved them and mailed them back to them. So I just think that's kind of a cool thing to know in my family that my aunt, she was published in the local newspapers. Do you know what would be really cool to do? You know how a lot of times, you know, you, you go back through your family history and you're digging through boxes and you find, you know, back, you know, pre-Civil War area, the family Bible that got passed on generation to generation, right? Right. What if you were to start a, you know, and, and it may go back further than you think. You know, you could start poking around and asking, you know, was anyone in the family a poet? Well, how do you know that your uncle's brother wasn't a poet who's still part of your family? And get like a journal, okay? Mm. Get a journal, kind of like a family, keeping a family scrapbook or a, or a family poetry book, you know, and you know, pick a couple of your really super favorite poems of your aunt's and put those in first. And then, you know, as you go along, figure out a couple of years that these are the ones I want to be my contribution to the family book, you know, that and just awesome. have it be something that gets passed around and passed forward, you know, so that... You know, or have somebody. You know, if you're a poet and you want to have your, you know, in the in the family history, poetry book that's going to be passed on for generations, then email me or you know take a photo picture of a handwritten copy or you know mail it to me. Add however they to want it electronically. In the book. Yeah, but right, you know, if awesome. I wanted to have that's mine in there and have it handwritten, I could handwrite it and mail you the letter, or email you right, a JPEG file awesome. of the letter so you could print it out and you know, paste that in the book so it's in my handwriting if that was important to me. So, but just to be able to do, you know, something like that that you could pass on to generations. 
and I have two nephews that are so would be the generation under me yet, and um, they they're both like poetry and have written poems that I have heard, um, and I just kind of think it's kind of a cool thing. So, it, it you know three lines, my aunt, myself, and then my nephews underneath. So I think that is kind of cool to go through yeah, that. Yeah, so to go to, go to one of the big, big bookstores and find the largest family uh, <laughs> book journal, or see journal. if you can have someone make you a book. You know, the largest largest journal book or scrapbook type thing that, you know, maybe can be added to over the years or have someone make you one. You know, two mm-hmm. wooden covers and the the bolt that goes through the twice through the pages and make it medieval style. You know, so that, that all you have to awesome. do is cut a piece of paper that size, open the screws up and put it in the book. You know, that would be a really nice. fun one. You know, and that that would be heirloom <laughs> quality. You know, and just start right. You know, tell people, hey, I'm starting a new family heirloom, and that you know, let you me know contribute. if you want to be included. Yeah, that is awesome. I know because like my husband, um, on our first date that we had before we were married and everything, we went out to Wisconsin Dells and um, or not Wisconsin Dells, somewhere up in northern Wisconsin, and he bought me um a book and because I love reading and it was Emily Dickinson and it was like the poems of her whole life collection, so it's a really thick thick book. And I I haven't even read but half of it because I go back and read the ones I've read already. Um, and mm-hmm. I just love the fact that, you know, she's been gone for how many years and that, you know, her word still lives on. And I love that it's her immortality. And um, like me, couldn't have children. So I just say, like, I can't have kids. So my immortality stops with me. Um, and that's why I like to write, to have it out there. So that my life had some kind of a purpose, even if it helps someone 100 years from now. <laughs> so... I think that's kind of cool. Exactly. That, that journal idea is awesome. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> Let this, me know this if you do it or not. <laughs> right. Well, I have forefront things going on right now in my personal life, but I am going to, you know, make that be a good a goal to do. Um, this one is I, from my aunt in 1985. Bringing back the years, right? No, it's called uh, Poetic Visions Have a Sway. Words of many be understood, just ask the poet of wordedhood. Many a word can make her smile, give her an inch, she'll write a mile. Give her a word, she'll make it lay to whatever phrase her sights can say. When words come visions in her sight, it could be seen in any light. If she's on a roll and her words sound right, it verbally whets her appetite. When her loss for words would show share and care, a founded poet can fill in anywhere. With a flowing pen, she can write with care. Her growing thoughts she'll always share. I see such beauty in every word. I can see dimension to what I've heard. Through my ears, my visions hear. Each sighted thought flows in my ear. Lover, that poetry I do quote, I'll end this on a poetic note. This poem be done, my pen I've laid. I've been brought up right. I'm poetic made. And she signed it misunderstood. You know, she has a beautiful way, a very rhythmic way of of writing. And just, it, it, it's almost, I mean, there's a lot of different rhyme patterns. It rhymes, but it almost rhymes with the lyrical, just the, the flow of a nursery rhyme even on that piece. Mm-hmm. You know, where, well, she, where she does like drum roll rhymes, words that rhyme and runs them together like the drum roll, you know, and the near rhyme. It just, it, it had a really cool sound to it. 
Her style yeah, is I've, like that. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. I'm and so glad you're she sharing these. the words. Yeah, and sometimes she changes her word to make it fit the what she's trying to say because she'll add like a I give her here like normal people don't talk that way, but it fits with the poem and it, you know that what it's saying is what it's saying and yeah it's just she's got a unique style she's very it's very awesome and then I was sad uh, when I had helped the girl you know load up her stuff from her apartment when she had passed and uh, I I looked in the back seat and there was my poetry book because I wrote one after my husband died and it was the one I autographed for my aunt Jean. And they're like, my my mom was so proud that you did this, and we wanted to make sure that you had it back. And I just, I just lost it, you know, because she was the reason why I wrote. So it was kind of, it's touching for me to be able to share her work on your show, and to her daughters as well. Yep, you need to start a writing book in your family. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> would I be even cool know somebody who could hand engrave and carve you a cover. If you were to do it wood to wood pieces like that, nice. I'll talk to you offline about it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, you have an <laughs> a excellent evening, Miss, and um, thank you for letting me be on your show tonight. You're so welcome. Tell me your Facebook page once again. Um, Shelly Shelly Gambino. Um, that's just G A M B I N O is my last name, and Shelly is S H E L L Y. Awesome. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much. And if you want to read again, just hang up and jump back on the lines, okay? Sure. All right. And thank you very much as well. You're welcome, sweetheart. Have a good day. Bye-bye, Shelly. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 832. 832, you're on the air. 8323. I have two 832s. Hello, sweetheart. How are you? I am fast. <laughs> uh, that was so funny. I just just right when you were doing that, I looked down at the chat room, and James was writing about something completely different. But the only thing I saw was the, was the five point three earthquake. Uh, it's like yeah, oh, oh, I, I, I just found that a five point three earthquake just hit, and I think it's because you said fabulous. <laughs> um. Okay, well, yeah, shaking the ground in California. Hmm. So what'd you bring us, honey? Well, um, a few people, you know, it's April, so I'm doing the poetry challenge. Um, And a few people really like this one. I do have two, so um, anyway... uh, let, I'm going to go with this one first. Um, it's called Forgiveness. Forgiveness. It is our duty to forgive. It may be the hardest to achieve, yet it is required. Anger unchecked turns into hate, bringing more darkness. Forgiveness isn't about acceptance of the actions or that it was justified. It's about releasing the hurt and pain, moving forward and beyond. Many ask me, how can I still associate with my ex-husband after all the trauma he put me through over the many years? It's because I found myself hating him. I did not want to 
feel that emotion. I refused to live with hate in my heart, so I had to forgive without an apology or acknowledgement of his wrongdoing. It was and is a cleansing of your heart and soul. I've learned my lesson. I will never go back, will never trust him, yet we have found a place of friendship. Forgiveness really is more about you than the one who wronged you. It is looking at the hole someone left in your heart and slowly stitching it up with love of self, healing from within. If you choose to hold on to the anger and hurt feelings, they will slowly grow into the cancer of hate, which in time will consume your very soul. God directs us to forgive as we want him to forgive us. God says, vengeance is mine. Keep that in mind. He will handle it in his own time and way. So while you're harboring those ill feelings against someone, remember, God will treat you the same way on Judgment Day. Some pains are deep and profound, but reach deeper still within yourself to forgive. Remember, the greatest commandment is to love. Musings of Amelia T. Davis and Peace. Works funny if that one's followed, then pretty much all the others fall into place, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. That was so, absolutely beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I got a lot of good uh, comments. Um, so now, of course, I've been writing a lot of different things, but I had to go back to to my romance, of course, my so uh this this piece is called Love's Dream. Allow me to breathe you into my core. I want your essence to ooze out of my very being. I want to be saturated by your soul to overflowing delight. Take my mind into the knowledge that is yours alone. Speak to my intelligence with your wisdom. Sweep me away to the land of passion and desire. Pour my essence into your core as we become one. Paradise will be found in my embrace. Let us dance amongst the stars as our joy takes us to the universe. Allow our hearts to join in a rhythm of percussions beats. Pounding. Pounding love song, our voices raising in a harmony of joy. Come, my beloved, and whisk me away to the land where cherish and adore reign supreme. Allow us to become we forevermore. Musings of Amelia T. Davis and Peace. That was absolutely beautiful. Beautiful words. Ah, uh, thank Great you. Great job, Amelia. Thank you, honey. Oh, you're most welcome. Nouns in love. 
George Clooney announced in love. Bravo. Uh, you know, you, you have... got your fan club there. You have the most awesome poets on your show. And I'm glad you're playing your tracks. Uh, that's a very different side of you, and it was really interesting and fascinating to, to listen to. Um, but... Uh, I, you can find me on Facebook under Amelia T. Davis, E-M-I-L-I-A-T-D-A-V-I-S. You can find me in my poetry group, Poets for the Power of the People. You can find me on my uh, poetry like page, Amelia T. Davis. Uh, you can Google me, Amelia T. Davis, or you can find me right here every Thursday night with Nyla. Beautiful job, sweetheart. Thank you. That's amazing. You're most welcome. Much love, dear heart. <laughs> and to you, Amelia. Thank you, sweetheart. You're welcome. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Our next caller also comes from area code 832, but starts with 68326. You are on the air. <sighs> Hey, Miss Nyla. Hey, you. How are you doing, sweetheart? You must be in the yeah. same place Amelia's at. You're both 832. Yeah, well, I don't know about all that. <clears throat> but, um, anyway, I'm just walking forward. That's better. I can say for it. Um, and, uh, this, this work is, uh, called We Ourselves. We followed ourselves onto the battlefield. The Uwig. We failed ourselves in the shadows. Dead knocking. Blood rich, rich without reek, imbued with smoke and wonder, forging. And so it is we have burned the last of the fables. In the candle's wax, leaving the wax where it lays to shine floors, silence hinges, drawers for letters and secrets so sealed. We divulge our lives, stiff separated as one continuous skein of color dyed sinew. Dragon. The crystal shear of the wind that will always rise above the marrow and mire of conflict. Gaki, the crows have watched our progress from afar. Gaki, Tronga, Shongi, Gedaki. And they have spoken to the ravens that soar upon the thunder thermals of rage and outrage. Gibagong, Shoni. As the shadow wolves draw nigh, and they only wait for night, the nocturnal fall of water smoke, Igi Shonzin, for the first tailing sparkle of the even star at sunset, Watsin Miga Miukpe. We have seen ourselves through righteousness. Divined the meanings of love and family, the people, 
we, the people, always comes before all. Ngue niga shiga shon. We have suffered our myriad shortfalls of selfishness, of what we thought we should receive, and now, now that we are ready to drop the soft clay of our flesh, waseda uju, oh, yes, we leave it all behind, sifted and burned unto ash in our footsteps, and leave we leave prayers thus that our children will do better than we at protecting what is sacred. Drago, life, me. It is no bad thing to die. We have found our peace knowing understanding that the people will survive. We take that as our final gift. Say goodbye to us now. We are the ghost road born, and we are always walking our way home. And peace. You know, I don't think that there is anyone who could listen to you read Soldier Blue and not know that every single piece that you read is like you paying a pound of flesh. You know, there there is no um, pretense or there's no, you know, there's absolutely no, this is going to sound really funny saying, but there's no pride in your writing. That sounds like a funny thing to say to describe your writing, doesn't it? Well, not really. But let me explain. Um, no, let me explain. You gotta let me explain okay, because good. then people have to know what I'm saying. Hey, whose okay. show is this, Soldier Blue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certainly not mine. <laughs> so when I say that there's no pride in your writing, mm-hmm. what I'm saying is that you are not bigger. You do not make your you yourself or your opinion bigger than the truth. So you're writing about something, but the way you feel about it isn't more important than depicting it correctly. You know, there there is no there is no grandiosis in the way that you write. You know, you you are the water bearer. You are, you know, the the hand forward where the the truth is etched, you know, the, the, the truth is, is on your palm, and it can't change. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, I don't know if that makes sense or not, because there's a lot of pride in what you write about, but there is no grandiose pride in the way that you write. There is such yeah. a, you know, every palm, the best, the best way I can describe it, every palm is like you carve a piece of yourself off you know the the pain, the blood, the sweat, the tears, all that those good metaphors, whatever that I can use, you know that is a piece of you, plain and simple, you know it's just incredible i i just I've been a fan of yours for so long, and you know that you know it just it's like like in the chat room, okay, I don't know if you're in the chat room no I, but um, on my phone I can't see it uh George wrote you know one of the things he quoted was spoken to the 
ravens he soared above the thunder, such great images. Uh, and then he also wrote in there, um, his words sound like smoke from a, a glowing campfire. You know, a couple of the comments in the chat room about your writing. You know, and it's funny because the, the imagery, the thing that, you know, when I talk about someone having surprising imagery, you know, you're the one of the people that I really admire for doing that in your writing. It's being able to create a surprising image. You know, if you, you know, how many times do you hear the quick brown fox jumped over the slow lazy dog? You know, you hear it so many times, you're so used to hearing it, you're so used to hearing it the same way, that when it's read, you're hearing a speech exercise and you're not seeing the brown dog jumping. Okay. And you are able to write those those surprise those things that catch us off guard and make us go, What did he just say? You know, like the, the and I, I hope I get this right, but I think it was a line uh the, somewhere in it it said thunder uh, something about rising on the thunder thermals of rage. Mhm. The thunder thermals of rage. Think about that, because heat makes things rise. You know, and this thing is rising on the thunder thermals of rage. How turbulent that must be. The imagery that that, that line creates. Just a fantastic example of what I was talking about earlier. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome, that, my uh, darling. Ultra blue, blue. Uh, <laughs> I, can, I can give you, or I should say, I can give you three um or a sense of three is where it's like you know what the what what where how I approach it. Not it isn't always the same, obviously. But um, when I was uh, young, and I when we we're talking like fifth grade, my pops would be reading Lewis Lamore westerns, and he'd throw <laughs> them away in the trash, and I'd wait till he left the room, and I'd fish them out, and I'd be reading them. And a lot of times, obviously, you know, fifth grade, we're in here reading the the language that uh, Louis Lamar used. I mean, you don't always get every word because, you know, still working on your vocabulary at that point. Um, and my pops got tired of me asking him, you know, what words meant. So he told me one time when he was basically being so very nice, as he always was, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, look at the words around the word that you don't know, and that will tell you what it means. So I stopped asking him, and I just did that. So that's one kind of an essence as far as, you know, as far as like what I do with my wording. Now another one, another point of or an entry, I guess, well, observation anyway. Um, there a while ago there was a an anthology written by uh, Native uh, women, and uh, the the um, title of the the anthology was uh, Redefining the Enemy's Language. And the way I look at that is, you know, because, I mean, a lot of times you see people uh, writing or talking even, and it doesn't matter which, um, and they only ascribe one meaning to one word. And that's just like, dude, do you know how how the blinders are to, to, to look at words like that mm-hmm. and the the thing is and this is like you know because you can and I took that and I took that to mean you know that title redefining the enemy's language what does that say 
Well, in terms of the fact that, A, English was not born here. It came here, as did Spanish. And they're both what I would consider to be conquering languages. Now, you take that in concert with the fact that, in, at least in English, words with six letters or more have at least two meanings. Well, if you take that into consideration and you understand more of the meanings than just the one that's obviated, you can mean with your words of description that one kind of like center word to mean what you want it to mean just by moving it around. So with those three things, you know, the taken in taken as a whole, and you know, obviously there's a lot more to it, but I'm just saying that in terms of basic basic approach, you know, those are three things that I start with. Phenomenal. I don't, I don't let pride I don't let pride creep in because that's ego. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I have I have no patience for that. That was a good word. I mean, that's I, a better word than what I used, ego. There's no ego in your writing. You know, I no, I have no, I have no time for that. I, you know, I have, you know, I have things to say. It's not about me. It's about what's going on. It's about what I see around me in terms of how I, other, what I hear other people saying and what I've seen within, you know, text of native, you know, native uh, communities, and that's what's important. I, you know, I'm just. See, if we'd I'm have just, said that in the beginning, we could have cut twenty minutes off this conversation. You know, ego, I'm a hollow no bone. you writing. Yeah, I'm a. <laughs> I'm a hollow bone. It just comes through me, you know. That's, <laughs> yes. where, that's all it is. Um, all right, baby. Fantastic job. Do me right. a favor and tell everyone how <laughs> they can you. find you. Oh, and uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook under Rafe Wild, and then in parentheses you'll see uh, Soldier Blue Blue, and that's me. So you can find me pretty much there. Uh, if I can ever get hold of some of the uh, folks that are here in in my side of the world, I might be able to start doing some recording with some musician friends of mine. So we'll see if I can pull that off. And if so, then I'll have something else to bring to the table in a little bit. That'd be awesome. Yeah, you can send me any of the, your audio tracks that you want, love. Okay. Uh, like okay. I said, I mean, I, I'm still working on trying to get them to go, but I mean, they obviously have their own projects being, you know, some of them are at least are professional musicians, so they're, you know, doing other things too, but you know, I'm going to see if I can't get them all to, in one spot for at least a minute. Um, cool. All right. We'll work on it. Oh, I just bit my tongue. Ah, I'm a professional. Oh, no, I don't, don't do, do this at home. It's very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Soldier Blue, we'll talk to you next week, honey. Great job. All right, Ms. Marlon. All right. Bye-bye, honey. All right, I'm going to give us you our next three callers. We have two fives. Actually, I'm just going to give you the rundown real quick um, so everyone will kind of know. We have 256-504-216-989-919-240-714-414-219. And then, uh, yep, that's it. Okay, so that kind of just gives you an idea of where we're at and where you're on the lineup. We'll try to get through these quickly. We've got an hour left on the show. Area code 256, you are on the air. Hello, Nyla. Hey, sweetheart, how are you? I'm fine. This is Stan Phillips out of Alabama. It is Stan Phillips. How are you, my darling? 
Oh, much better now. <laughs> I am glad you are here. I want to thank you for hanging out with me last week. That was incredible. And may uh, see if so there's a week fun. you want to come on and just host the entire show with me if you want. Oh, wow. Well, we'll have to make an arrangement for that sometime. Yeah, that would be fun, I think. People really enjoyed yeah. having I got a couple of emails. They, they uh, really enjoyed the input you had for them. So uh, it was cool. Thank you. Thank you. It was an honor. <laughs> so would you bring us, dear? Well, I brought you a couple of uh, short mediums. And uh, this one is called Cemetery Truth. Sunrise greets gray weathered stones. Third song in life all around unnoticed by residents in perpetual sleep. A populace unmoved by the beauty. Time in irrelevant measure as is wealth, position, heredity, and all other segregations. Equality found in decomposition. The stones unmoved by tears, immune to sorrow and loss. At night, the silence matches the oblivion of the lifeless. Carved names on gray stones mark reminders, the living, this existence, destination. An inevitable desolation. Life but a fleeting light that fades to shadows. Share with all before the gray stones call. And that's the end of that piece. That was phenomenal, Stan. Well, thank Again, you. If, if you were if this were a baseball game, you would hear people going <sighs> as you saw it <laughs> soaring off into the distance and popcorn flying everywhere and girls throwing panties. At, well, they don't do that at games, do they? No, that's rock concerts. Oh, okay. Well, you'd still be a rock star, too. You'd be a rock star baseball player. <laughs> well, thank you <laughs> Great job on that, hon. Did you want to read okay. the second one? Yeah, one more here. It's called A Thought. Okay. Just quietly musing about this world of futility, wondering if we can find the ability to go beyond our insensitivity. Find all a place of shared serenity. Choose humility, not elitist vanity. Embrace a person's individuality, not pass judgment on their sanity. Respect each other in all our diversity. Remember, we all share a common humanity. No better or worse, such a social fallacy. We are all different. That's just reality. We share a common ground, one of total equality. We must all come face to face with our own mortality. Peace before then, friends. And peace. Wow. That was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, this, I'm actually going back and, well, I'm, I'm still writing for like the garden and that, but I'm actually going back and kind of reviewing some of my older work to kind of get an idea of my own evolution, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you put out a book of poetry yet? No, I have not. Are you working on one? 
Well, I'm working on collecting enough poetry to where I have something to choose from. Okay. Yeah, you need to do that. You need to start working on something. And then we're going to be doing one of the workshops we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about the difference between uh, self-publishing and traditional publishing and the difference between self-publishing a poetry book or self-publishing a chat book. So while you get those together, uh, we'll keep touching bases on that because... Yeah, you need you need to decide how you want to approach it, what you want your book to do, what you want to do with your book, and how is the best way to do that. And yeah, you should be working on that. Wish yeah. I'm doing my whip. Wish, wish. <laughs> Get busy. You you need to have a book out. Well, I think I'll if I start with anything, I think it will be a chat book. Yeah. Something short, sweet, sort of a sampling. Yeah, and the thing about a chat, the difference between traditional publishing and a chat book or, uh, you know, uh, sending something out. And if, if you self-publish a book, a poetry book, you've killed those books from ever being published in a traditional marketplace or in an a anthology because most people want first rights of publication. If you've got it in a book, then that does not give them that. If you do a right. chat book, a chat book is considered your poet, your uh, your poetic business card. You know, you go to readings. It's a way people can sample your work. And I believe it's thirty under 32 poems you have you can have in the book. So you put together, you know, chat books, which are very traditional. You know, you can find them all over where examples of looking, you know, what they are and stuff. And, uh, you know, put out a chat book, and you don't kill that poem because that's a piece of public care. Uh, um, oh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Um, promotional. That's a promotional yeah. uh, piece of, of Enfria. So... Uh, it doesn't kill the poem, and it's not considered traditionally published, and you still could, you know, you don't kill the poem. You, you keep its legs under it. So if you decide, you know, an anthology comes up and they're looking for poems about X, Y, Z, and you've got that, you can still submit it, you know. And it's important to do that. It is important to support uh, submit your work to traditional forms of publication because they start building yourself a writer's resume, you know, just like anything else. It adds to your credentials when, you know, you say you take that collection of poetry you want to have published and you'd want to go a traditional publication route. You know, that stuff really helps your chances. So, okay, I'm done. (laughs) Well, I understand what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. You know, I've I've been, I've I've just been, you know, well, you know, going through some of life's little things you have to go through. But other than that, I've been just so immersed in in trying, you know, well, one, getting my health back so I can do spoken word again. And then, of course, getting to the shows. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But you're right. I do. I have to to at least put together a chat book. You do. You do. And I've been working on mine for probably seven years. The exact same one. But every time, it's really? like, it's, first it's going to be a chat book. Well, now it's going to be a chat book and have my photography in it, too. Well, now it's going to be a chat book with my photography and some my artwork in there. And now it's also going to have a spoken word CD that accompanies it. And now I want hand-carved wood covers for every single one. And it just, you know, it's like, okay, let's trim it back. Trim back some of this fat now, girl. I hear you. <laughs> let's, let's things try are dangerous in my head. Paper. See what that does. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I've been working on my own bobblehead doll. What can I say? <laughs> oh, there you go. The Nyla Nodder. I like it. <laughs> Need inspiration? You just come whap it upside the head and she'll spit a prompt out. That works for me. Oh, All that'll right, work. one how to find you, honey. <laughs> Well, my name is Stanley Phillips. You can find me in all poetry. You can find me, of course, on Nyla's Speakeasy Cafe. Tomorrow night, I will be on World Poetry Open Mic. Uh, If Senator Spittle, if I'm not mistaken, he might be out uh, doing a broadcast Saturday, which would be the asylum. I'll be there. You can also find me in the public group, which is uh, Outlaw Poets, which is Philip Kent Church's group. I'm also in the Garden of Poetry and Prose, and I have my own small clothes group called Friends of Words, Wisdom, Wonder, and Wit. Absolutely perfect. All right, Stan, thank you so much for adding so incredibly to the night. My pleasure. And on to the next. (laughs) Bye-bye, sweetheart. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 504. 504, you are on the air. Hi, Nyla. Hey, sweetie. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you tonight? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. You want to introduce yourself to everybody? Yes, I am King the Poet. And um, you guys can find me on Instagram, kungfu.king, K-Y-Y-N-G. You can find me on Amazon, Amazon. I have three books, poetry books on Amazon. Um, I give the titles at the end. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. So tell me what you brought tonight, what you picked out to read, and why you picked it out. Um, I have a poem today called Unprogrammable. Um, it's basically about my indoctrination as a young boy coming through the public school system and how it's kept to keep us out of learning who we really are. Awesome. I call this one unprogrammable. Let's talk about this heart-wrenching, over-the-top, back-breaking, bridge-building truth. Well, how about this poisonous, mind-numbing, contaminated air? Captain Planet, where are you? I'm not a robot, unappreciated and beautiful. Suffering for a sad, unfulfilling, worthless, fiat-paper-affiliated schedule created not to make anything better. We are just enslaved debtors. Let's talk about this magical obstacle obliterating harder than a diamond self-awareness. Knowing yourself is more important than anything. Programming hive DNA incest, knowledge with finesse. How about this session-stopping, heavy indoctrinated school system? Or about this vexing, also complexing, superior thinking system of higher-up condition controlling. If that doesn't strike your interest, how about this penny-pinching, money-grubbing, two-time, 
both of the field, both sides of the field playing politicians who just want it with just a quick submission. But that dirty, blood-soaked, vengeance-filled, hate-driven, enslaved economy, 140 years before mental slavery, our minds are kept and kept from exploration, tied and bound and subdued and undernourished, under until we find self while building awareness, not waiting for what not waiting on someone to give the go on winter flourish. I'll stay throwing up my middle fingers and as I stay out of the zeros and ones, so I won't perish. Untamable and unprogrammable, rebooting and unlearning, ready to die for this. As a top earner, unprogrammable. And that's in palm. Yes, in palm. That was. You can tell that you um, that those weren't just words. You thought, oh, maybe I should write something about this. You can tell that those words were very personal to you. You know, the way that you wrote it, the power in them, the you know, your delivery, your conviction in. In you know each line as you went along, that was just incredible to hear. Thank you. You're very very welcome. Did you want to read two tonight or just the one? Um, I have one more for you guys tonight. Okay. Um, I call this one the wolf. This is a. Uh, this is a. Uh, about just being in the in the primal state of mind and uh, just you know coming from a, a bigger a big family um, and just not really just having a support system you know that you think you would have in, in a so-called family system. Um, but this poem is just just about victory from my lower self. <clears throat> I'm the big bad that never had extra hungry and extra extra fucking mad. Giving nothing but taking everything, taking my time, rushing everything. I want my inheritance and my crown. Removing myself from the false paradigm. I need all that you owe me, even the stuff I didn't fall for. The foe believes that they run the outdoors. Kept in the blind, expected by Expected at sinister expectations. Tossed away at the corporation's discretion. I'm the man left for dead to choke on my desires. Unlearned and reborn, the alpha wolf from the fire. Fighting down ruthlessly, intentionally, emphatically, untiring, all justice, no greed. Deep in the woods, introverted by dogma. Living so quick, soul living blindly, veil covered thick. In the now with no retreat, corporate agents treating me harshly, banknote zombies mouthing off repeatedly. They like they mill tortured mentally with dampened with a dampened soul. Always here for disrespectful reasons. Speak out with poise. Paving over everything and looking for an applause. Redundant false woo noise, giving out with plenty, just out to eat my heart and suck my energy. 
And to my brothers you lock down and extort, wishing they could deport, I'm here to draw the line on the big bank cowards. You're here in the in the mother nature hunting me. Understand this, genocidal prick. No one can save you but you, and I'm not going down without a fight. You're out in the open and completely in the mix. You're just now on your knees for an easy devour, biting down like vice grips, howling at the moon, letting my next opposition hear me clearly with no fear. But in the mean, I'll chase my dream, and I'll get it by any means. Lone wolf, any time of the night. Rushing you and whoever you brought with you, feeling like it's just more than one endless appetite. Just, <clears throat> just know, you're here to you're here what you were brought to me to get satiated and complete. Cool runnings, cool running type of hunting. Loving com- competitive dinner. I'm here all sharp too, satin like fur, clean as for ferocious blur with the hunger for more. Coming through in any weather, just for the better. Don't come at me. You better get it together. Things will get torn apart and ripped from each other. Just prowling through, staying away from my, from vampires and sheep disguised as wolves. So no paws and all claws. Divine truth, I'm coming after you. I go to attack the true knowledge and experience through Drew Ali's truth. I've been lost too many times, passion behind no man. Met too many claiming to be friendly, but really enemy. With stretched out hard paths, with vultures that were waiting on my ass. Out of the woods and back on my grind, with more W's, no L's this time. Giving it all in my in every aspect. In every aspect. Running, walking, howling, biting, and leaping, and evolving until the final bell. Just believe this wolf will give them hell. The wolf. In poem. You know, it just it's kind of like this unbelievable reminder of just how carnivorous existence is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, you out. That, that was incredibly powerful. Awesome, Thank awesome you. read. Thank you very much, you're welcome, love. Do me a favor again. Tell everyone how they can come find you, how they can become your your groupie. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's kungfu.king, king spelled K-Y-Y-N-G. That is my first name. Um, you can find me on Amazon. Um, I have three poetry books on Amazon, one called The Holding Environments of a Nomadic Ghetto Cowboy, um, if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can uh, get that book for free. <clears throat> uh, the second one is called The Escape Codes to the Matrix, Poetic Cheat Codes for Unlearning, and The Lover for, from 3005, Poetry of an Infinite Being, and all that is on Amazon. Um, and you can find me on SoundCloud under King the Poet. Awesome. All right, sweetheart, fantastic job tonight. Appreciate you being here so much, and I hope you can make it back next week, love. I will. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 216. 216, you're on the air. Hello. Wow. Hey, Mama, how are you, sweetheart? 
I'm good. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Okay, if you can hear me. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling, I mean, I'm feeling much better today. Still got the same problems, but I just decided to ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that works, you know. You know, uh, I tell you, every day you look up, I got so many uh, calls on my phone. I'm, I'm going to have to call the Attorney General. I'm going to have to call the uh, FCC. Because I have about 100 hang-up uh, harassment calls on my phone. I get about 10 wow. a day. Yeah. I know why. Because those rushing me. Had a, a, a kind of cahoots with something going on with Facebook, and then I know they trying to get some kind of problem, having some kind of problem with AT and T. So they just trying to mess people up, especially when people speak up and speak out. So if anything happens, you know what's what's going on. I made it plain. Um, okay. <laughs> here we go. I'm writing this poem that I'm gonna do right now. I thought you said you were gonna stand, stay on. You, I didn't. I didn't ask him this week, and I didn't want to put him on the spot on the air. Again, okay. But I did tell him <laughs> that I wanted to have him come on with me. Yeah, again, exactly. Uh-huh. But I did tell him I wanted to okay. have him maybe come on and and hang out with me for a night. Okay, but you know what the worst thing in poetry is when you got a lot of friends that pretend like they're your friends. How do you like plagiarism? Is that? And if they're real sneaky with it, you know, at least they might change the words and stuff, but the, the whole style and fabric of the idea is still there, and then they don't even bother to change the picture. Like, they might even use the same picture. Just like, just kind of get sick of that, you know. I wish I could just kick them off my page, but, um, you know, it's just pitiful. You know, we can't even be friends and have fun and adore each other. I appreciate each other without trying to steal people's stuff. So I'm going to write about that. How about that? Yeah, that's not cool. So but you know, it is cool. What, honey? You. Thank you. I'm going to write. <laughs> I wrote this piece because of that. And I just think it's just a low-down, dirty shame. So I'm going to do it in a rap. I'm going to do my gangster rap style. And it's called A Love Poem for Poetry Predators. I be dodging bullets in a shootout, protecting myself from nuclear fallout. I bypass all your bacteria, use my own criteria. Now I'm a shout out? What's that about? Now I got to get flat because you hit me with my own rap? You're just a mimic good at your act. See, I fly under the radar, leaving you where you are. All you do is bite. Yes, your spitting is quite light. Hold that, the stars is tight. Change my words to sound pontific. You are still not believable or authentic. Thank you. Did I am too blind to see that you even spit my fantasy? You really need to quit. Or mention from whence you got the shit. Damn. You got me in your radar. You got your radar on me, but I got skills like a low flying bird. 
accuracy, timing, speed, and distance in an instant, ducking your persistence, you're quite disturbing. Disturbing my words, good poetry never dies, surprise, timing is everything, locutions without solutions don't mean a thing. What was relevant back then is not relevant again. Not just calling out names, Jesus, I don't believe this. Faith without work is treason. Viewing my locutions without solutions. What I said back then was for a reason. Now you're trying to drive a point home that was made for a different season or a particular era. It was the year of the incurable, like applying penicillin to the day to today's ills, such as HIV. It's like you fell asleep in the sixties and waking up in the eighties to Ebola in a brand new condition. The outcome would be horrible. You're so far out of touch that your rhymes are deplorable. You rhyme without reason, like a refraction in a crystal, seeing the same scene over and over, repeatedly again and again, yet no passion for taking the necessary action. See how fast I calculate, I do the math, measure timing, speed, and distance in a less than a nanosecond. Not with plagiarizing, outdated, redundant scribes that you be drooling. You are a little too late. Who are you fooling? You're welcome to the table. But have we served that dish already? You don't eat what we eat. Who are you fooling? No one's been saved by your rhetoric, although you're good at it. See, I fly, I fly past. I fly past fast. Yikes. You thought you had me. I am stepping on the gas like magic. I fly beyond coming from the right, right in front of your eyes. Look to your left, see me rise. Now I'm a bird. I'm rising to the sky. I got hindsight. That's 2020. That quick. I'm back down on the ground to save human lives. I see you in my rear view trying to go around, but I wrote that in the 80s. I see you telling me, trying to jock my message when you really blocked my message because you turned it upside down. You're just a mimic with a gimmick. Now, this does not apply. We never did, we never did, ever get a collab. I don't remember saying poems up for grabs. You're a funny little clown. Now you have no tires to ride on, so you're riding on a dummy. Wish you get off my toes, though. You can't give back the words you stole. Stolen words. You have a good ear, you know. Keep it to the ground. At least you know how I flow. You're good to go. Just want to let you know. I wrote that in the 60s. Now you're all up in my stash. You sat at the head of my class, taking notes to later rehash. But school is out, buddy, Row. I wrote that 20 years ago. In fact, an old gangster taught me that. Pilfering thoughts, it ain't no joke. Regurgitating words that I once wrote or spoke. Spoken and stolen is no matter of fact. When the fact of the matter is, you're really a cutthroat. That's why I'm high in the sky like a jet, moving between raindrops without getting wet. I'm wicked. I'm wicked quick with it, just so you know. They call me Mama O, and I don't mind you repeating what I said, but tell them when I said it, I said it for. It's okay. I'm down with it. I'll be flying low under the radar of your scope like a bird. I'll be diving while you're still driving. I'll give you hope. I know I'm dope. He's looking down my throat. While you're riding on the rims, I'll be riding on the wind. 
but I'll be doggone if I let you make me get flat because you come in shooting me with in, the, in the back with my own rap. Slow it down. I just dissed you with metaphors about birds flying in front of dilapidated cars, math, space, science, and timing under the radar. Your explanation, spare me. All you had to do was ask me. In peace. <laughs> that was incredible, Mama. You know, <laughs> you've heard me say this before. Don't piss off a poet because you could become their next poem. <laughs> and you know it's the truth. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and they just be like right in your face laughing and joking like, ha, ha, ha. You know, nothing's wrong with this. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you know, it's one thing if somebody, like, I, you guys come on here, you know, and it's kind of a good point. I'm going to make this really quick. You guys come on here every week, and you read amazing things, you know. And I'll, I'll hear you guys read something, and it's like, that was flipping amazing. And I'll jot the line down, okay, and because it's, it makes me think. It provokes a thought. It's, it's like a seed planting for me. You know, and then I could right. sit there and that thought could provoke me writing a poem. Right. You know, and maybe that phrase or that line That's okay. would not, That's you know, and That's I, but if, if so, say you, you were to read something and I grabbed a line out of it and I would sit there and I would write this piece and I would post it and I would say, inspired by mama's read of blank. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, just, like, don't just act like you went to sleep and woke up and that was like, ooh, I thought of that. You know, it's like, it just really pisses me <laughs> out. If people think you get old and you don't really pay attention or whatever, but <laughs> like you, like, so like, like Jenna said, Jenna said, your work is your baby. It's like your child. You know your work. All right, let me read my last piece and let's get off of that. I think I made myself clear. This one's really quick. It's called Read My Pages. Read my pages from stone to bone, hieroglyphics to alphabets, images and letters from tablets to the printing press, from skin to leaves, stamps, seals, and indigo, lead pencils and ink or charcoal. I am described. I got to write. I was assigned to this job, so I must be completed. So it must be completed. Now is my time to record the, in the book of life, never to be deleted. I am a poet, respected burning words like incense from now and time, since the rocks of ages. Read my pages, the wisdom of the sages. I am old but up to date, holding secrets in my memory bank, like an old computer with a crucial update. I am described. I have to write. What comes up must come out. I scribe the words that come out of my mouth in peace. I would be really surprised anyone ever tried to pull the wool over Mama's eyes. You know, someone thinks <laughs> they, they could get away with that. <laughs> they do. Anyway, how'd you like that one? That's one of my favorite pieces right there. Read My Pages was the name of it. So tell me why it's one of your favorites. Because it's describing all the ways that from the uh, back to the uh, – ages, how we started writing from stone to bone to hieroglyphics to alphabets to images and letters from tablets to the printing press. I just like it because it just gives us kind of like a a chronological history of, you know, uh, everything we use to write with, on, and, uh, you know, it's just, I just like it. I don't know. <laughs> I just like it. <laughs> you know that the first 
recorded um, the first recorded writer in history. Not the first not the first piece of writing ever found, but the first re- the first history of an actual writer who signed their name was a woman. The oldest piece of writing signed by the author was a woman. You know, so I'm sitting there I'm sitting there listening to you read that piece, you know, and I don't know what it was about it that made me go to that, you know, but that's what it made me think of is you know, this is this is talking you know, this is her talking about writing, you know, how writing began, where its roots were, you know, where it's gone. I don't know if that makes wow. sense or not, but it just it really provoked that thought for me. Wow, I never knew. Now that I did not know. Like you know, said, and maybe it's because Mama was reading it, and Mama's a force to be reckoned with. You know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I did but, not know that it was the first scribe that was on uh, legibly interpreted to, was coming from a woman. Now, the first, the first piece of writing where the the author has signed it was a woman. Oh, it's that the author has signed. Okay, wow. Well, yeah, not the oldest piece of writing in history, but the oldest piece where they can say, this person wrote this, the first writer that ever signed their name to their piece at the oldest recording, or the oldest recorded signing of a signature on their writing is, yeah. Wow. Okay, well, thank you for that piece of information. Uh, we'll um, consider that something to put in my memory bank, and uh it would be a neat thing for you to research and maybe write about, too. Yeah. Hint, hint, hint. Okay. Thank you for giving me my special homework. <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure. Always. All right. <laughs> I know you got a lot of people. I did take up a lot of time, so let me don't make them meet, people be over there mean mugging me. <laughs> All right, Mama, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we are going to cut it down to just one piece, you guys. we got quite a few callers online. So let's go ahead and bring on area code 989. 989, you're on the air. Nine eight nine, are you with me? All right, is your phone muted? All right, so I'm going to come back and get 989 after we take the next caller. All right, give them a chance to get unmuted or something like that. We have 919. 919, are you there? Yes, 919 is here. Granville in the house. How are you doing, Granville? It's good to hear from you, my dear. And likewise, my dear, my dear. I'm <laughs> here. Everything is fine. Awesome. What do you have for us tonight? Uh, tonight, what do I have for you? I will give you this piece. I didn't have have something planned, but let me give you this one here. This one is called Her Obligation. Her Obligation. Many men have grown old waiting for women. She has been getting dressed for how long? She pats, she pulls, she nips, she tucks, she twists, she turns, she fixes. 
for the world awaits. And when she steps out onto the world stage, all must be right. It could be the one moment that she has been waiting for when it all falls into place. All her dreams and aspirations, the world awaits, and they must know that she is here. As this might, this force of character, this obligation to procreation and progeny is no light matter. So she prepares and readies herself for her grand entrance and her service to men and perpetuation of her people. No small task indeed. No small task. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I have to ask you, is it worth the wait? It's worth the wait. And and, and waiting is imperative because it takes two to make the world go around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes two. I can just I can just picture you sitting there watching your we're looking at your watch and waiting patiently. But you know, when when she walks out on your arm and you know that that's yours. You know, that that's a good feeling that she that she did that for you. I mean, you know, and and I hear I hear this I have to say this guys. I hear this all the time. Who are you getting all dolled up for? How come you're getting all dressed up? You know, who are you trying to impress? And guys get all jealous and stuff. They love their women made up when they were first meeting them, but once they're together, it's like, no, 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 no. You can't go out looking like that. You know, we do that because we're proud of you. We do that because we want to be someone you always want to touch, someone you always want to smile at. You know, we do that for you, so understand that. And I think that that poem was a great example of that fact. Exactly, so and that talk. is no small task. <laughs> no small task. It takes me some time, <laughs> damn it. Give me time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm not 21 anymore, damn it. <laughs> All right, honey, do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can find you. Yes, my name is Granville John Hedrington. You can find me in Raleigh, North Carolina, on Facebook by the same name, Instagram, same name, uh, GranvilleHedrington.com, uh, and so on. And if you want to hire me, hire me, give me a call at 919-264. Three nine two six. I'm desperate. Awesome. All okay. right, sweetheart. Yeah. Great job tonight. Fantastic read, honey. Thank you very much, my dear. And you have a blessed night, Queen. Too, sweetheart. Bye bye. Bye bye. Great job, my grandpa. All right, our next caller comes from area code two four zero two four zero. You're on the air. Good evening, Nala. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing just fine. I'm doing just fine. You got Joe the Purple Mind Dancer here. Hey, sweetie. It's good to hear from you. Oh, likewise, likewise. Always a pleasure. 
So tell me what's going on with you, what you brought us, why you brought it, what you're going to share. Uh, I brought a little piece here. I, I brought it because um, I'm doing the uh, 30 for the uh, National Poetry Month, so I figured I'd participate this year and drop one a day for 30 days. Awesome. Okay, go ahead. And this little drop is titled Appeal. So here we go. Do you want a pill to make you smarter, stronger, thicker, larger, harder than you think you are, smaller when you were a star? Do you want a pill? Do you want a pill to ease that pain, to ease the drain of your emotional strain, to retain vanity's maintenance, but you're not vain in stance? Do you want a pill for thrills, dreams so real, Touchstone squeals, rivers of krill, baleen strainers, that's a well of a changer, or one hell of a wager. Do you want to bet on the side effects? Do you want to appeal for deliverance to remove your ambivalence, suspect of malevolence? Despite your benevolence, is there truly such appeal? Top of the class, tops in that ass. Pops is a crass ass, tipping on that first class, tripping off that complimentary pill. Do you want a pill that can make you? That's my piece. (laughs) There's a pill for everything, isn't there? Yes, there is. Well, they try to make one for it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that piece. I love the whole message in it. That was a great job on that, baby. Thank you much. Appreciate you, Nana. Thank you. Appreciate you. You're gonna to have to come back next week and and uh, call in a little bit earlier so you can have time to read too. But uh, you know that's not how that thirty's going. Oh yeah, yeah. You got quite a lineup, and I've been enjoying the show. So uh, keep doing y'all thing over there. I love it. Love it. All right, honey. I love you too, and and uh, can't wait to see what you bring next week. Thank you, sweetie. Great oh, job. Oh, congrats, congrats. Oh, tell everyone how to find you. Too. Yeah, you can find oh, me on welcome. Facebook on the yeah Joe Perry, and you can find me on Facebook. Uh, that's about it right now, but yeah, congratulations. That's going to be awesome. Awesome. Uh, I am so excited. I can't even tell you. I'm just so excited. But thank you. Thank you very much, sweetheart. And uh, we'll You're talk welcome. to you next week, love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, Ed. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 714. 714, you're on the air. Oh. Hi, Nyla. How are you? Hey, sweetheart. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. I'm loving the show. Thank you, sweetheart. Give me a favor. Tell everyone who you are. I'm Jacqueline Slavin, and I can be found on allpoetry.com under Green Summer 59. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, what are you going to yeah. read for us tonight? Um... Well, I had a couple here, but I think I'm going to just go with the first one. It's called Dying to Live. And uh, once upon a time in a not-so-distant land, darkness black as night. Realities distorted, perceived truths, hidden from touch and, and sight. Kindness is the weakness in the land of only the strong survive. Isolation is the preferred mind bender, only second to utter exile. Wordless is the language of gestures communicated amongst the tribe. 
The tribe, better known as offspring, possessed superpowers from the other side. Invisible without a presence, convinced obscurity is worse than demise. Muted screeches, silenced howls, whispers oozed through parted lips against soulless skulls. Are you still there? Did we lose her? I can't hear her anymore. Techno, are you there? All right, I'm going to mute her. Let me write this down real quick because I want to be able to get her back on 714 area code. All right. So if you can hear me, I can't hear you. Um, I'm going to bring on the next reader and try to get you back on with me. And if I can't get you back on with me, um, then I'm going to have you hang up and dial right back in, and I'll bring you right back on so you don't have to wait, okay, because we can't hear you at all right now. All right, area code 414, you are on the air. Hi, Nyla. Um, I'm on speaker. Should I get off the speaker? You sound okay to me. Okay, I just didn't know if it affected the radio or anything. Um, I am Paula Parkman. I am calling in tonight um, from my sister, which I know calls your show religiously every week. Um, you might know her, Shelly Gambino. <laughs> yes. yes. She's my twin. She's like, you better tell her I'm a twin. I forgot to mention that. Well, yeah, I also do poetry too, so she turned me on to you. So hopefully this won't be my, my uh, first call to you. You sound like her. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. See, you guys could have, and I wouldn't have known. <laughs> and yeah. it's Paula, right? Yes, Paula. Yep. Okay. Welcome to the show, Paula. Thank you, Nyla. Um, I had a couple picked out, but I know that you said just one, so I'm just going to read the one. Um, a little background for it, I think, first might be needed so you can really understand the poem. I don't like to do that, but sometimes I do. Um. I was uh, uh, back a couple of years ago. Uh, my oldest two kids left home, and I had my little one who's just turned 12, and she's sitting here listening. Um, uh, but these were my older kids. Um, my son had got deployed to Afghanistan, and I had just taken my daughter to a residential home in Florida. It was the hardest thing I ever had to do as I'm in Wisconsin. Um, and so losing my oldest two that are six years apart, and then I had a little one that was six years younger, um, it was really hard for me. And then I just wrote um, this poem about them, and I wanted to share it, if that's okay. Please, of course, yes. It's called, um, obviously, it's titled My Children's Name, Eric and Gwyneth. This life is composed of many things. Oh, the joy a mother's heart can bring. Love of the greatest, utmost divine. A love I can share that's one of a kind. Roads may be long and difficult to travel, but may smooth itself out after the gravel. Distance for now may keep us apart, but for your mother's love, you're always in my heart. Arms are open wide, waiting for your return, a love to fulfill, a love I so yearn. A prayer to God to lean on his trust, that he will take care of my children, a must. Upon your return, and the length may be great, it may be a year long, and I constantly wait. Wait to hug you and see what is new. Anna returned two arms open in a home you once knew. 
You will make it, I know, on the journey that lies ahead. I put my faith in the Lord to watch your new bed. A mom can only do so much and only be somewhere. Please don't ever think that I don't care. God gave me, gave you to me reasons worth living. It is all my love to you worth giving. So please keep this poem. Things will be all right. You're worth the struggle. I'm sorry. It's just hard. Um, of this long-distance fight. Do not give up and make your way home to a mother who loves you. You are not alone. I'm there deep down inside of your heart. A love that has been brewing from your very start. Love, Mom. Don't don't ever say you're sorry for letting your emotions show in your work. You know, that's one of the things that I want you to do me a favor, and, and I want you in about a month's time to come back and read that piece again. But I want you to do do something for me. I mm-hmm. want you to not be afraid of your words. Okay. If you were reading those words, if you were actually reading those words to your children, is that the way you would have read them to them? Um, I would have probably they're, been they're much, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're much more emotional to you and powerful to you. So I want mm-hmm. you to do something that I did a long time ago, um, some advice, someone, an exercise someone gave me to do. I imagined whoever the poem is for sitting in the chair in front of me. And in my case, okay. it was just there was a person sitting in a chair. But I want you to picture your kids in the chair. And if you okay. do this, you're going to be able to read this with the with the, the passion I know is in that piece that I can hear. You know, the one that, that made you almost tear up, but then you stopped yourself because, wait, I can't do that. I can't show emotion. <laughs> and I'm telling you that you have to. Right. That you need right. to. You know, so I want work. you to... But if you picture your kids sitting in the chair and you read, hold that, type down on a piece of paper and, and read it to them like you're having that conversation with them, like you're, you know, in, in the emotion that you would speak to them if they were sitting there in front of you, you know, and that's going to okay. take that part, that's going to take away the part that chokes you up because you're going to own your words and you're going to be able to say them with the power of conviction and the truth and I know in which you wrote them, you know, okay. and and normally I wouldn't give this kind of critique except for you apologized for the emotion. And that's something I'm very passionate about. Um, I went through the same thing. You know, if you start to tear up, that's because those words provoke that emotion. That's powerful. Don't hide that. Don't hide the power in what you write. You know, yeah. don't be afraid to be vulnerable because there's so many. The reasons that writers write is to give voice to the people who don't have one. You know, oh, yeah. and someone yep. may not be able to express them the way that you do, but hearing that emotion and that ache and that hurt and that, that conviction in your voice is going to give yeah. them a voice. Okay. And I yeah. thought that the piece was phenomenal, by the way, Paula. Thank you. Yeah, I had I put it um in my church bulletin and I put flowers on the altar and asked Pastor if we could put it in the bulletin and yeah, everybody mm-hmm. was just like, You wrote that? Like and then I would hear if my mom would ever say something like that to me, you know, it just, it hurts. I just, yeah, I know I just express a lot of my poems are very emotional and stuff. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll practice on my sister though. <laughs> and you, you don't even have to do that because you'll be, be self-conscious. Don't do that. Practice okay. to an empty chair, but in your mind, 
put the kids there. Put the kids in the chair. Do it when nobody's around because then you can play and you can be theatrical and you can be loud, you know, and be dramatic. And all of those things are going to help you be comfortable with the words and the emotion in them. You know, so don't do it in front of anybody. Do it when you're by yourself to an empty chair. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your advice, Nyla. I know you got some other callers, but I just, um, yeah, I'll be listening more and more. My sister uh, turned me on to your show, and I absolutely love it. So, we're gonna have thank to you. tell her definitely thank you for that. I cannot wait to get to know more about you and your writing, and I'm just really glad you're here, Paula. Great job tonight. Okay, thank you, Nyla, and I know she's listening, so love you, sis. Good night. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> Bye-bye, hon. Bye. Okay. Our next caller comes in area code 219. 219, you're on the air. How I'm doing absolutely wonderful. Just to give, let you guys know, because I got kind of mixed up here. Jacqueline, we're going to come back and get you in a minute. All right, I totally spaced off coming back. I'm sorry. Um, we're going to come back and see if we can get you on. Okay. And then, um, we haven't got, we haven't got, uh, 714 back. Yeah, we do have 714 back. Jacqueline's on here twice. That's really weird. All right. Jacqueline, we'll come back and try to grab you in just a moment. All right. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Hi, Brother O. Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm just uh, just enjoying the listening to the show and enjoying everything I'm hearing. What do you have for us tonight, my sweetheart? From the distinguished brother to celebrity apprentice running the White House. <clears throat> On January 20th, 2017. We all witnessed Barack Obama go out with class and with little fanfare. And transfer of power occurred when a celebrity appointed with no political experience shot the miracle when he defeated Hillary Clinton in the this is 2016 presidential election. <clears throat> the day of deep regret was another day of infamy. As we saw Donald John Trump be sworn in as the 45th president of the United States of America. Here, we have a narcissist who is more concerned about how many people attend his inauguration and rating than focus on doing his job. This moron has no class whatsoever, and he is not qualified to be the commander-in-chief of this country. I'm surprised he's asking this on, brothers and sisters. These are the darkest times in American history since legalized slavery was the law of the man for nearly 20 to 50 years. Obama was a man who truly cared about the American people. Trump only cares about himself and the wealthiest 2% of America's population. Obama is a faithful husband, was a nature the same woman for 25 years and a father of two daughters. Trump has been married three times. They had children by three different women. She's a well-known woman now that she reportedly fell with a high-profile porn star named Stormy Daniels. Obama had no need to draw attention to himself. Trump has an essential need for attention. He goes on his Twitter account acting like a squirrel riding child when he doesn't get in his way and bullying people. 
in his war mind, it's all about him. It's unbelievable to see a nearly 72-year-old man act like a toddler when he proclaims himself as a genius. Every day, after pool in front of the national, international stage because he can't keep his mouth shut. Obama got things done despite fierce public Republican opposition. My president passed the Affordable Care Act, affectionately known as Obamacare. Took down the sound of the Laden and saved the economy from collapse. The Great Recession. All Trump did was sign off on those stupid GOP tax cuts for the wealth to be for Christmas. And five and seven executive orders coming in immigration. He hadn't threatened to end DACA and appointed the Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court. He has repeatedly failed to appeal Obamacare and is only and is more concerned about building his coveted beautiful border wall. At one time did Obama come under investigation during his eight years as president. In one year, Trump and his Clinton administration has come under federal investigation for their role to loom with the Russians to interfere with the controversial 2016 presidential election. And many key people of his cabinet either were unexpectedly fired or turned their resignations. This is just the tip of the iceberg, brothers and sisters. Obama never came out of Canada when he was remaining to attacked by the Republicans in Congress and by Trump directly when he questions American citizenship. Trump always blames the Democrats and Republicans for everything that goes wrong. He attacks everybody on Twitter, yet he flip-flops his position question by what he calls the same news media. He never takes responsibility and accountability for his words and actions. Obama carried himself with consistency and status in his mind. As a double-minded pricky that he is, Trump is very unpredictable, and you'll never know what this cat is going to say or do next. Now, one time, Obama make our land in the state statements and comments like Trump has during his presidency. When the President of the United States refers to neo-Nazi and white supremacists as good people, and cause Haiti the most African nation, shithole country. He needs a complete psychological and mental evaluation and recommended for impeachment to be relieved of his duties. Before he was elected president in 2008, Barack Obama served as an Illinois state senator and a U.S. senator. Therefore, he fits the qualification. Trump is no experience in politics. Before he was elected president in 2016, he was a reality show host of Celebrity Apprentice and a businessman who has built hotels and casinos like an extra play of Monopoly. He has no redeeming qualities about himself at all. A man corrupted by his need of power and attention. What really confounds me is how did America lower her standards? by letting the celebrity apprentice a complete fool as a president, allowing this Dr. Frankenstein to create havoc by making our nation laugh and stop the world, and mesmerized and led astray by this master lie manipulator. 
and Paul. <laughs> you know, like I said before, when you when you share, nobody has to guess what your opinions are. I mean, you you pull no punches and give no apologies. That was awesome. Uh, thanks. All right, do me a favor, baby. Tell everyone how they can find you. Uh, those of you who are not connected with me on Facebook, I can be found on Facebook under Oh My Brother Oh Get Me. The actual the actual connection of my page is HT HTTP colon two slashes www.facebook.com slash brother oh nineteen seventy five. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. Fantastic read, and we will see you next week. Oh, definitely. Thank you. You're very welcome. We'll talk to you then, hon. Bye-bye. All right. All right, let's see if we can get Jacqueline back on, you guys. Jacqueline, are you with us again? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? I'm so sorry about that. I don't know what happened. That's, I just had a That's okay. Drop. I don't I don't know what happened. We just couldn't hear you anymore. So, I'm glad you're back with us. Okay. Thank you. Well, should I just uh, start over or Go start again? Yes, please. Okay. Okay, it's called Dying to Live. And seems to be the uh I guess the theme of the night is is our our, uh, family, family. So this is pretty much my dark night of the soul um, in relation to my my offspring. Once upon a time in a not-so-distant land, darkness black as night, realities distorted, perceived, truths hidden from touch and sight, Kindness is the weakness in the land of only the strong survive. Isolation is the preferred mind-bender, only second best to utter exile. Wordless language of gestures communicated amongst the tribe, the tribe better known as offspring, known to possess superpowers from the other side. Invisible without a presence, convinced obscurity is worse than demise, Muted screeches, silenced howls, whispers oozed through parted lips against soulless skulls into deaf ears, drift aimlessly into the abyss. The doors, windows, and walls, pleas for mercy go unheard. Empty eyes, faces with mouths behind masks demand the one who loves loves you leave. Your voiceless messages spurn. Yet I dare not turn around to confront my spawn, ridiculing my brokenness, a display of my lack. Countless blade, blade tips amass the landscape of flesh, burgeoning hilts decorate my back. Cellular tissue wraps around the backs of the babes. <clears throat> no longer familiar, fade into the mist. Stolen memories spiral away with rapid speed from what no longer exists. Reticent change brews, choices to jump into the spiral, give up, give in, or quit. Losers sometimes win. Better to pull yourself out of and away from the bullshit. Dying to live is the necessary decision, no doubt, one that must be made. Either way, one thing is constant. What was is no more, and time will always bring change. 
in the poem. <clears throat> that was phenomenal. That was an incredible read, sweetheart. Great job. Well, thank you. You're well, very, I'm very welcome. To participate in the uh, one some one a day poem. <laughs> yeah. I'll try. You know, that's the reason, because it's National Poetry Month, is the reason that I'm doing writing prose, um, storytelling, because you guys are all going to be getting hit with so many um, writing prompts, poetry prompts this month, that that instead of giving you poetry prompts, I'm going to be giving you tips on how to write better poetry. I think that'll work. Oh, Excellent. I, I really love yeah. the one you gave already with the uh, the wind blowing on your skin and how it makes it makes you feel as that happens. <laughs> it's uh, luscious. <laughs> oh, it is so good to have you here tonight. I'm hoping that you will come back and thank you for sticking it out. By the way, while we were able to uh, figure out what's going on with your lines and get you back on, thank you for hanging out and reading rereading that. Of course, I love your show. I'm so happy I uh, found it. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Thank you. We are happy as well. Thank you, sweetheart. And we will talk to you next week. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. God willing, awesome. and the creek don't rise. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly said. All right, hon. Thank you. Okay. Good night. Good night. All right, guys. Our next caller comes from area code six zero eight six zero eight. You're on the air. Fuzzy horn in the woods. We fuzzy wuzzy. How are you, sweetheart? Uh, <clears throat> doing okay. Tired yesterday and today. And I got about a foot of snow. I got a, a text message from my daughter-in-law, who is in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and it was like the whole city is buried under two feet of snow, and I am so jealous. I've got my doors are open, the cats are running in and out. It's nice, and there's daffodils everywhere, and I I want to be there in the snow so badly. It's actually I think it's snowing right now. Last I looked at the radar about an hour ago, and it was snowing a little. What a tease! It's supposed to snow again in a couple of days. I've, I have a friend who lives in San Diego. He's an officer in the military for, uh, excuse me, he's a naval officer for over 26 years. And we send emails back and forth every day and talk about the weather a lot, too. And I told him recently, I said, you know, I've had this feeling ever since January. This winter has been so weird that we were going to get snow in April. And I wouldn't, mm-hmm. and, I, and I used the word, we get dumped on. Which is what happened because it was forecast. I live in the in the central part of Wisconsin, and um, it uh, we got the forecast was like five to eleven inches of snow. Yeah, I'm jealous. Yeah, well, I don't go out that much. But <clears throat> excuse me, even when I did, when I used to live in Milwaukee. I love driving in the snow, so it doesn't bother me. What bothers me is other people that always forget how to drive in the snow every winter. Yeah. Especially yeah. with people. I don't know if that happens in, in Colorado, but it happens in Milwaukee a lot. Uh, everybody just forgets. 
So my ears perked up when I heard 414, because 414 is my old area code. So I know exactly where that is. It's actually That's cool. a fairly large area. It's, it's gotten smaller, though, you know, over the, over the last 20 years. They added a couple more area codes in the state. Shrunk 414 down to mostly Milwaukee County. But uh, so I um, actually started reading. I started reading. I started writing the piece that I mentioned the title to last week, this past Tuesday. And this time I actually decided to on my iPad, and I have a couple of them, so it's really nice. I can pick up one or the other, and I can just continue, and then it shows up on the other one. I just think that's so cool, and I wish I could do that with all my other stuff that I have. <laughs> but what I'm going to have to, I'm going to end up having to email everything to me, to myself, and then copy all this stuff into separate notes in uh, iOS, the operating system for iPads, into their program called Pages, which is like Microsoft Word. So. The title to this is Walking in the Shadow of My Soul. At the age of 29, I ran into an invisible wall. Subsequently, I was cut off at the knees, unable to work. As a result of tinnitus, severe anxiety, and major depression set in, also causing the onset of an inverted sleep pattern. Up at night, sleeping during most of the day, walking at night with my service dog, walking in the shadow of my soul. The only time I could find peace when I was outside was at night. Because during the day, there were too many people and too much noise causing an exhausting state of heightened awareness. I found solace walking in the shadow of my soul. As the years progressed, the trust I had lost in most people had not returned. However, through a lot of deep soul searching over many, many years, I found a new trust walking in the shadow of my soul. Why? Because I became aware that my soul was my guide and my soul would never betray me as so many people in my life had. So I trust my soul implicitly. Why? Because my soul always listens to me. Because my soul always tells me what I need and when. Because my soul never lies to me. Because my soul holds me when I cry and sometimes cries with me. Because my soul never leaves when I get angry. Because my soul never leaves when I get scared. Because my soul laughs with me, not at me. Because my soul laughs with me when I laugh at myself. 
because my soul comforts me and guides me to help me find my way when I feel lost. Because my soul is never lost. Why? Because my soul is always connected to everything. And when I feel disconnected, all I have to do is remember to reconnect by walking in the shadow of my soul. Because my soul will show me the way, especially when I feel alone and the anxiety and darkness return. Because my soul reminds me I am never alone. It's just a feeling. Because my soul shows me the light and guides me to it, walking in the shadow of my soul. Because my soul teaches me the lessons I need to learn when I need to learn them, especially when I'm confused or feel I'm not ready, walking in the shadow of my soul. And when I'm feeling down and out, I sit and breathe, walking in the shadow of my soul, because my soul will never betray me. Why? Because my soul always knows when to rest and when to walk, where to go and where and when to just be. I have found the most peace and serenity walking in the shadow of my soul. And sometimes in my dreams you come to me bringing kind visitors, humans, animals, and sometimes spirits. They are my teachers, my muses, my friends, my lovers, walking in the shadow of my soul. And now I can sing and my ears don't ring because I'm always in tune with my soul. And sometimes I just breathe in peace walking in the shadow of my soul, in part because I know when my body dies and returns to the earth, my last breath released to the heavens, I'll still be walking in the shadow of my soul. I really love the whole repetitive line in that, the way it just... You know, I think that if you worked with that piece a little bit, that it would be really, really easy to turn that into a song. Turn that into a song. That's what I was kind of angling towards. (laughs) Oh, good. Oh, good. I'm not so far off. (laughs) Yeah, well, I keep listening to the Three Doors Down stuff, and I haven't gone on the Internet and actually getting you looking around on trying to find articles about how you actually write lyrics. I've just been kind of just doing it on my own. And I know that there's, you know, the chorus. I've known that since I was a kid because of uh, being in band or a choir when I was a, a little kid. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, this one I may do some more work on because this one I actually like I said I, I started this on Tuesday night 
and uh, I've actually been I've, I've probably added to it about five times since then and the last time was maybe an hour and a half ago Wow. Actually, that was that's pretty important. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's one one reason why I like this. I, I have a little um, uh, last, it was just about a year ago, I saw a notification come on my iPad from Flipboard that Apple might discontinue their iPad mini. And I was thinking about buying one. Because they're really easy to hold in your hand. Well, I ended up buying one, um, and and they're just great because they're they're really they're pretty light, even with an OtterBox case on them. And so you're not you're not holding this big clunky thing, you know. That's got like a nine inch screen. I think this is like seven, so it's uh, it's like the size of a regular poetry book, I would think. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's like, I don't know, seven, eight inches tall and about five inches wide. But uh, I've just found that it's really it's really handy uh, and a lot That's easier cool. to work with. Yeah. But I will not get any iBooks or I just, I'm with you on that one. I just, if I'm going to get a book, I have to have the book. I just can't see myself flipping a screen uh, looking at a book, even though somebody told me that you can't underline stuff because I do that sometimes. Or I'll dog yeah. pages. Uh, my mom didn't like that. However, she yeah. told me that after I was old enough that I was actually reading my own books and not reading any of her books. So it didn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) I have some books that I've read. I I really would say that I studied that like a third to two-thirds of the pages in the book could be dog-eared or they'll be double dog-eared or I'll I'll turn it turn it over once and then flip it back up because I want to look at that page and the next page. Mm-hmm. I am, obviously, I'm not in chat. I decided not to get on my computer tonight. I just didn't feel up to it. So. That's okay. Do me a favor, sweetie. I've got a couple more people to get on, so um, tell everyone how they can find you. You can find me by typing in Poetry in the Wind as one word. No spaces. Put it in the search box on Facebook, and you'll find me there. And if you're interested in reading some of my pieces, you can find them in a book entitled Held, A Fusion of Brilliance, Volume 2, which is available on Amazon. It's an international anthology of writers from Canada, the U.K., and the U.S. And... Um, I think that's it. Um, <laughs> I can't put my all money right. in check. But I got distracted because of all this goofy, they're not goofy, but this stuff that's been out in the news the past week about Facebook and the UK something analytics thing. And I just wanted to mention 
I was doing some research on this. Uh, that Google, or excuse me, Facebook owns the WhatsApp app that you can put on your phone, and it records everything. All your phone calls, all your text messages, in addition to what you do inside the WhatsApp, not just in the app. It's spooky, scary stuff, uh, what what they're doing. Um, and Instagram is actually owned by Facebook as well. And um, it, they, they all share data. Uh, well, of course they do. It's an information gathering society. So people should yes. be aware of that and what what's going on and what their apps are doing anyway. It's just good to do. And one one last thing that actually I think I've mentioned her before. Kim Commando with two Ks. She's down in Arizona. Computer guru. She's got some great email lists on all different kinds of stuff, but a lot of stuff on on, uh, Internet security. Um, There was an article just in the past few days that basically you'd be surprised that Google blows away Facebook on how much information they have on everybody. Just completely blows it away, Facebook. Um, looking for a good, uh, better way to search the Internet? Use DuckDuckGo. Done it yet? But I'll be honest, but I have it. Um, I think I'm going to start being more, uh, not on here, but uh, more... Uh, um, vocal about uh, Congress getting involved and clamping down on these people because they're selling everything. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's these 20-somethings and 30-somethings that I'll just honestly just say out, even though I don't have kids, that their parents didn't teach them about boundaries. So they have no freaking clue, and they think nothing's uh, out of bounds. I think that's your writing homework for this week, then. <laughs> you just walked into that one, and yeah. whoever's waiting online behind you is saying, "Amen." Make him do homework. <laughs> 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 That'll teach him, damn it! Oh, sweetheart, yeah, and I, I seriously though, that would be—I would love to see what you would write if you wrote something like that. What do you mean, more specifically? What? If you wrote about now, you may forget what I, the title was. What did I tell you? I didn't hear it. Um, you said that I had homework, but I said what about boundaries? Oh yeah, right about kids' I was boundaries. Talking, I was talking about boundaries, and, and and obviously these kids, their parents didn't teach them about boundaries. Yeah, so, so right about teaching them. kids about boundaries. I just remembered a line from a piece that I wrote where it says. I, I know where I end and where where uh, you begin. Mhm. I have to go find that. All right. Give everyone your Facebook page again. Poetry in the wind as one word, no spaces. Put it in the search box, and you'll find me there. And I forgot to mention the quote composite. 
picture that Nyla made for me. And if you're into churches or just into architecture uh, or Tiffany windows, uh, one of the most recent posts on my Facebook page came up again. Uh, It actually did the picture on the front of the article is the picture of the church that I grew up in when I was a kid, St. Paul's Church in, in Milwaukee. It's the oldest Episcopal church, I think, in the state, uh, or the second oldest. And um, one of my friends from grade school is a photographer, and he actually posted two pictures um, in my post as replies. Um, cool. He's a really good photographer. Yeah, one of them is a close-up of one of the doors. The doors are just these big mammoth things. They're like almost 10 feet tall. Um, and it's a brownstone uh, church. It's just absolutely magnificent. Uh, so if anybody's into that kind of stuff, I love old architecture. Go over and check it out. Yeah, go check it out, yeah. you guys. All right, sweetheart, we will talk to you next week. Yes, I will be here with my clothes on. Awesome. Appreciate you so much, sweetheart. Thank you. Fantastic reads tonight. Read tonight. Thank you. All right, Thanks, baby. everybody. Have a safe weekend. Bye-bye, sapien. Awesome sponsor of our show. We love him so much. Okay, our last caller for the evening is 573-573. You're on the air. Good evening. I'm Senator Spittle. Hey, Sin. I am so glad you just got in by the skin of your teeth. Great job. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. Get myself stimulated here. (laughs) Okay. I had to leave the room there for a minute. Everything's in one room, sorry. It's been one of those days. How have you been? How's, how's the show doing and your week gone? Absolutely wonderful. It's been a great week. It's been great everything, actually. Right on. That's a good thing. Uh, I, I lack it, though, but I make up for it in what I write. <laughs> <laughs> So whenever you're ready, I have insight on the plethora. Just take the stage, baby. It's all yours. You think that these derisions paramount show where you say sanity and I last stood? Somewhere in between the passing up or giving a fuck, multiple incursions got us shelterless. The ice storm has burnt holes in the sun. Posh's love racing and streams of drugs blotted in pacification has blood clots come unsung. Rally into fertilities, rest 72 hours plus again. And these visages of weary eyes do tell stories on the lack of completion and your stalled progression, failing to harness ability amplified. Roger Bukov spake, no worthy prize. Fallacies seen, only eerie accounting has sprung out. Diverting crevices to stew within your speaking elevation amongst the bot flies. Defecating larva. How's the girth of an elephant not disclosed? This test is festering, stuck better than a stool. Packaged glass lit ramekins to exhume frosty hues. Spent our pipeline sized two at expressing failings, shelving reminiscent years of too stubborn or drunk or too foolhardy to escape the film. I move, we dance in and out of felonious deviancy, plundering from corporate's white-collar shades, assimilate short buyers on rampant 
crucified breaths, alienating senses to stagnant ends we tosh, sucking the passing into another solution, failing to rescue the fractions of optimism you once carried. Completely demolished emotions through the air, typing the passages of another faded syringe, reduced to frantic betting on the least a tardy one will definitely try to coerce past Jackley, defragmented in these vessels now asunder and peace. I'm sick as hell. That was a stretch for me to read. I apologize. But, no, uh, you but, did yeah. great. That was incredible. I trying to mix it up a little. I'm not so uh, the same. Everything's got its own tune. So I've been playing with it a lot, putting up YouTube videos and they're all unmasked, but it's just giving me, you know, like a homework return to me. I get to <laughs> figure out my flaws and where I can improve. So. Now, I, I love a craftsman who is willing to admit that he's still trying to grow. You know? That was awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got a lot of growth to go. I'm only, you know, I've been riding for well over 20 years, but actually, last year was, last year today was when I got my book out finally. Uh, so it's, it's pretty interesting to see. Uh, it's stagnant for so long. But there's so much more together. So I'm out here gathering as much as I can. That's awesome. All right, my darling. Glad you stuck it out. Close the show on such a great note. And before you take off, I want you to tell everyone how they can find you. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Google Plus, and Sinister Spittle. Sinister Spittle Productions is on Facebook. Keep the updates with all of our shows. This weekend on Saturday, we have The Asylum Presents Political Assault. It's time to raise our fists to those that are do are deemed servitude to us but do not serve. So get your get your gears ready, locked, cocked and loaded. And we'll just <laughs> come down with our voices. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. Great job tonight. Thank you so much for being here and we'll talk to you next week, okay? All right, definitely. Have a good night. You too, babe. All right. You have been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ake. I want to thank everybody for being here tonight, and just a great job, both uh, listeners and readers alike. We appreciate you so very much. I am going to end the show with a piece tonight, if I can find it real quick. Um, let's do – I just did that one the other week. Let's do one by – how about Miss Emily? One called Mother. I've not heard that one before, I don't think. We'll check. Okay, this one is Emily Kagan Trenchard with Mother. Here we go. We'll see you next week, everybody, and good night. Mother, other the section. One. I am six years old with a floppy Holocaust picture book from my parents. A child's introduction to torture and mass graves, our family history on too much display. For all of the big-headed skeleton children, the cattle cars and piles of hair, there was one picture, a hillside, a man with a rifle aimed and cocked, the dangling of a child's leg from the insufficient arms of a woman who had stopped running. 
She has turned and offered up her useless back. I am still holding my breath, waiting for the bullet to crack. 2. The bodies were stacked, still warm, limp, like soft white towels, clean and patient lessons each. I didn't know I had picked a pregnant rat until she lay open before me on the black paraffin tray, her belly muscles yielding to my clumsy scalpel, and there they were, a tiny council semicircling her belly, plump and full as grapes, seven pink who knows what now. It took almost no effort, just a pinch and a small tug to pluck each one free. Three, this is where it comes undone. The years held together for boys who took and could never give enough in return. The holding of it all down. The occasional flailing limbs of the dead that would not stay dead. The Gestapo boots at the foot of the bed each night asking for polish. The children's bony fingers that begged from the fridge but would never eat. The photos on the nightstand of her grandchildren, now all but obscured by the forest of orange bottles she had planted, offering a way out of her too constant flesh. This is how your husband forgets your name, even though you fetch it for him again each morning with his coffee. How you still break yourself open on his grave, how you keep ghosts like family and family-like burdens. This is how you hold pity by the throat, crash the car twice in one day, sleep until noon, tell no one, pay someone else to wash your hair for you three times a week, keep up appearances at the luncheon while your family takes away your pills, cluck your tongue when you notice they even found the stash in the car, pick up your methadone from Walgreens, tell yourself only blacks and Mexicans become junkies. This is how you stay strong for your family.